So, uh, so Jack, this is typically where Kyle would be saying something moderately humorous uh, to start the show. I, I didn't do anything because I was hoping to build a buffer. Kyle's not here right now. I'll explain that in a second. I was hoping to build a buffer in order to allow me to share the show out on Facebook with everybody. Um, I just realized I don't know what my Facebook password is. I'm normally on my own computer. Today I'm on my wife's computer, and so I have to sign back into Facebook. And I have no idea what my Facebook password is. Now, I think I've got a couple of guesses, but it's something that I shouldn't be doing while I'm also supposed to be hosting a show that started a minute ago. Things are going well. Hi, good morning from the uh, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Normally I say he's Kyle, but uh, he's not. Uh, That's actually young Jack, who's sitting in my seat another humorous element to this. So Kyle's dealing with some car trouble. I hope he'll be able to join us at some point this morning. Um, I, when Jack started with us, one of the things I said to him is, I, I want to teach you everything. I want to have you learn how to run the board and, and how all the everything operates. But he's only been with us for a week so far, and I just didn't have the opportunity to have him do that last week. And wouldn't you know, the reason why I wanted him to learn how to do all those things was just for this exact situation where, you know, Kyle gets diarrhea or something like that. And not that that's what he's got going on that that I know of. I mean, it could be both. Um, But you just never know when something like this might occur. And when it does, you do want to have somebody else who's comfortable with sliding in and making, uh, making the trains run on time. We didn't do that with Jack last week. It's not on Jack. Uh, young Jack is uh, a fine, fine quality individual who's helping us out, but we did not teach him how to do these things. So we're stuck, and so I've got to do it myself. So if you think I was unprepared on most days to do this show, wait till you find out how unprepared I am when I also have to run the equipment on top of it. It's going to be a doozy today. Didn't get much sleep this weekend either on top of it. But that's on that's my own doing. I threw a, a social event. Uh, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is a Monday edition of GCR. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Coming up on the program today, we're going to chat with um, Jeff Arnold in just a few minutes. In fact, Orioles play-by-play voice. Not a great weekend. Birds dropped two out of three, although by Orioles standards, I'd actually call that a a fairly good weekend, and they almost won the game on Saturday, too. So one of the better series in recent memory. It still obviously wasn't good, um, but Cedric Mullins sure is. He is unfriggin' believable. Uh, two home runs Friday, two more on Saturday. It's a nice weekend to be Cedric Mullins. Of course, had his uh, T-shirt night in the mix, but... Um, yeah, it didn't change the results on Saturday as the Orioles allowed seven runs in the eighth and ninth inning. A lot of teams do that. That happens. Ended up losing yesterday as well. We'll talk to Jeff. Oh, hello. We'll talk to Jeff Arnold about all that. Um, later on this hour, Kyle Harrison's going to join us. Johns Hopkins lacrosse legend is going to check in with us. The PLL is returning to Homewood Field. This weekend, this coming weekend, and it just so happens to be that it's Kyle Harrison's final professional season playing lacrosse. So we're going to talk to him about making that decision to retire from the sport and uh, getting to play one more time at Homewood Field this weekend when uh, Kyle Harrison joins us a little bit later on. Of course, it's Monday. We'll chat with Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 The Fan as well. 
uh, he uh, made an appearance uh, at my house this weekend, and like an a-hole, he brought Malort with him. And shots were consumed, and I did a lot of this. Ah! Uh, not puking, just that noise after I did a shot of Malort, which is truly disgusting. Jeremy has a problem. So all of that coming up on the program today. Uh, Jack, I don't really have a, much of anything to say about the Orioles from the weekend, the, the three games that occurred. And frankly, it's it's like everything. I paid passing attention to what happened with the Orioles this weekend because there's not much more that's deserved. I am writing today at PressBoxOnline.com. I am writing about Cedric Mullins, but more in the context of Cedric Mullins deserving to be an all-star, but will he be an all-star? And I think it's you would you would assume that when you're second in all of baseball among position players in war, only behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is the presumed MVP frontrunner, that person would probably end up being an all-star. That's normally how the system works. I I imagine we'll get updated voting today. When we got the first update in voting, Cedric voting, Cedric Mullins was tenth among American League outfielders. It's understandable. There are still a lot of casual baseball fans who have no idea who Cedric Mullins is. I get it. He was utterly off the radar for anyone other than a hardcore Orioles fan coming into the season. The Orioles aren't getting a lot of national attention because why in the F would they? This isn't just a you know, Yankees-Red Sox thing, it's the Orioles are terrible. Why would they be getting national attention? And so the average person doesn't know who Cedric Mullins is. That's okay. I get it. And it happens that way a lot of times with guys, when they have their first deserving season, if they're not getting that much attention, if they're in a smaller market, if they're not on a good team, sometimes it takes until the second year for more people to recognize them, to know them, and they end up getting in. Now, if Cedric Mullins moves into the top nine of voting and the phase phase one of voting goes through this weekend, so there's time. If he moves into the top nine of voting, then who knows? Maybe there's still some crazy world where Orioles fans rally up and vote him in. I'm going to bet that doesn't happen. I, there's not a lot of passion right now among Orioles fans to do something like that. But Cedric Mullins, does he deserve to be an all-star? Of course he does. It was phenomenal what what drama there was on Friday night. Cedric Mullins t-shirt night. He's hitting a couple of home runs. It it was it was awesome. But it's about the only pleasant thing that's happened with the Orioles in a very long time. Does he deserve to be an all-star? Yes. Will he be? Can I guarantee it? Absolutely not. I absolutely cannot guarantee it. And and I'll I'll, I'll let you read more about that when the column goes up at pressboxonline.com. I try to, you know, not do the bit where I just give my columns away because I do want you to click on them. I do want you to read them. But I think, you know, the Orioles aren't very good. And the teams who aren't very good, it's not always the deserving players go or something along those lines. I think there's someone else that we're all more inclined to see make an all-star game for the Baltimore Orioles this year, and I'm more convinced that guy's going to end up going. I I think, come hell or high water, Trey Mancini is going to be an all-star this season because the all-star game is a TV show. And with all due respect, that's what it is. It's a TV show that they put on a network, and they want that. 
baseball wants Trey Mancini to be there. They do the big stand-up to cancer thing every year at the All-Star game. Once we get into the seventh inning, we're at the point where everybody in the game is someone who a casual baseball fan doesn't even necessarily know. They want to be able to go down to the field and have Ken Rosenthal tell everyone Trey Mancini's story and there's a broader audience that hears it and they're interested and they want to tune in to see if Trey Mancini might hit a home run. I think Trey Mancini is going to be an all-star this year. By the way, from it's not just because he beat cancer, very deserved. I mean, the man's on pace to have well over 100 RBI this season. Trey Mancini's been outstanding. Very well deserved for him to be an all-star on top of the fact that yes, the story is why I think he's going to make it. Is he more deserving on a baseball front than Cedric Mullins? No. <clears throat> Again, Cedric Mullins has a 3.5 war. He's unbelievably deserving from a baseball standpoint. But he's had two and a half months of being a really good baseball player in his life. At the, at the, a major league baseball player. Whereas Trey Mancini has been doing it for a few years, and it's at this point, sort of a nod to him and to what he's been through. That doesn't mean the Orioles shouldn't have multiple All-Stars. Should Cedric Mullins also be an All-Star? Yes. I am. Damn it. Damn it, Jack. I'm giving my column away again like I do every Monday. I just said I wasn't going to do it. I'm doing it anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be great for them to have multiple All-Stars, but there's only 32 roster spots, and... When when you're a bad team, there's not the same inclination to say we got to make sure we get all the good players from the bad teams. Also bear in mind that like a third of the roster spots are going to be filled by starters, guys that are voted in. Another third are going to be filled by pitchers. So there's only a few roster spots left at that point. So no, it's not a guarantee that Cedric Mullins is going to make the All-Star game. And it's not the end of the world either, by the way. There's plenty of time. Hopefully, he's this guy or at least something similar to that for a long time to come. Talk more about that as the show goes on. Again, you'll be able to read it. This You'll be able to read it at PressBoxOnline.com. But I essentially gave it away, as I always tend to do. Um, the other big story last night, uh, Jack and I were talking before the show about Kevin Herter. That was awesome. Um, I don't, as everybody knows, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place. Today is a great day for me, despite not having Chris Paul. The Suns took care of business. I get it. The Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. They still just won game six, uh, five and six against the Jazz without Kawhi Leonard. So by no means did I think the, the Clippers were going to be a, a pushover just because they didn't have Kawhi. They just proved they are capable of winning with him. And by the way, they were up by like seven points in the third quarter yesterday. But a good day for me. Last night, you get a Game 7. Everybody loves a Game 7. The Bucks won a Game 7. Everybody had Bucks hawks by the way, in the Eastern Conference coming into this, right? That was everybody's pick for the Eastern Conference Finals was Bucks hawks we all, we all saw that coming. Um, you have a Game 7. I know the Sixers side of the story is more compelling to the national audience because it's the process and it's them failing again and it's the Ben Simmons disaster, which it is. It's an unmitigated disaster. There's no getting around it. I don't know what's going on with me today. They, they banked around this guy being a superstar and he's not even a good basketball player for the most part. Now, I get it. He's... He's capable of doing a lot of things. He's so bad at certain things that 
you can't make up for it. When you can't make free throws, it was one thing that he couldn't make threes, right? Like, that was already alarming enough. When you add in he can't make a free throw, and teams are just like, we're just going to foul Ben Simmons and feel pretty good about our chances, it doesn't really matter if he's a good facilitator or a good defender because you can't have that guy on the floor. He's an utter liability. You can't do it. So that's I get why the Sixers side of the story is more appealing. This was what they were they were building to something for a very long time. Imagine the Orioles going through this rebuild forever and forever, like Adley Rutschman works out and they never get there. This is like what it feels like in Philadelphia. You had to go through a hell for years, but then you started to get the pieces. You got Joel Embiid. You got Ben Simmons. This is why we suck for so long. We're going to finally figure it all out. And what you have to show for it is losing in Game 7 in the playoffs a couple years ago, losing in Game 7 this year, never making that push to threatening to win a title. No real local story there, but the Kevin Herter story is awesome. It's awesome. It's phenomenal. I'm just trying to do my Jim Rome impression. Phenomenal. It's tremendous. Kevin Herter is... It, we almost got sick of hearing about it at Maryland. Like, what a what what pro potential Kevin Herter had. Because you kept saying, like, why can't he be that guy here? He did good things. He knocked down shots. He defended... But you were like, you looked at his size. You said, I understand why you think he's got pro potential. Why can't he take over games here? Playing in the Big Ten. If he's such an NBA player, why? So you almost got sick of hearing about it. When people would talk about, well, Kevin Herter is going to be a pro. Like, okay, great. Why can't he go take over a game now? Why is everything still going through the point guard at all times? Why can't he be that guy if he is this guy? But it was always the conversation. There was always such significant conversation about Kevin Herter and his pro potential. And we've seen it. He's been exceptional as an NBA player. Um, is he likely to be a, a Hall of Famer? No. Is he a, an all-star? Not yet, but he's flirted with it. Maybe he's not flirted with being an all-star, but he's been been a, a quality basketball player who's set up to be in the league for a long time and make some money. But yet, last night, because the Hawks had not really been in a place of prominence, the Twitter world was still blowing up about, who is this dopey-looking white kid that's killing the 76ers? He's still relatively anonymous to the broader landscape. And here's Kevin Herter going off in Game 7 and doing exactly what he should be able to do when teams are going to say, we're going to double Trey Young all the time because Trey Young is such an effing weapon. By the way, what a delight he is to watch play, man. God, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm a, As a Suns fan, obviously I'm very excited about Devin Booker, who was incredible yesterday at 40 points. But as just a basketball fan, it's so much fun to watch Trey Young play, dude. It's so much fun. Like he's These guys aren't Steph Curry. But it's, it's of that ilk. It's that you just don't know what you're about to see. With all due respect to LeBron James, 
it's a bully ball thing, you know? It's a, it's a, I'm bigger than you, and so I'm going to go attack you, and yeah, I can knock down shots too. This is a different thing. This is a, you got to work three times as hard to get a shot off. And in impossible situations, you're still able to bury him. Oh, it's a joy to watch those dudes play. But it was a joy to watch Kevin Herter play last night. I, I made a joke on Twitter that people intend to seem to enjoy. It wasn't really, I wish it wasn't a joke. I said, uh, tonight is the most significant moment of the Mark Turgeon era, and I wish that wasn't silly Twitter hyperbole. Unfortunately, the point that I'm making is they never, they still haven't really won anything of significance, whereas everybody got to see a Maryland player on the national landscape do something crazy last night, and that was cool to see. Um, happy for Kevin Herter. I know maybe maybe the NBA is disappointed because Hawks-Bucks is not a marquee matchup. I like the idea of watching Trey Young. To some extent, I like the idea of watching Giannis for a little while. You know, he's a different type of player. It's not the same joy that I get watching Giannis, but he's a hell of a player. There's no doubt about that. I, I, it should be a a fun series. I think everybody's saying the Hawks have no chance, but I don't know how much chance they gave the Hawks in the last two series either. So we'll see. Jack, you have anything to add? No, I mean, I, I, dynamite. I'm excited to see. I mean, Giannis and Trey, one of those guys is going to be representative of the Easter Conference. I think it's good for those guys, young guys. I think Giannis more so than, than Trey, just because <laughs> Trey's so young, but Giannis got to get that monkey off his back eventually. So, yep. what better time to do it without having to go through a, a super team left in the in the East or, or the West? Yep, so. I agree. By the way, Matt Myers is a good call. Simmons is a B version of Rajon Rondo. I don't even know that he's that. I mean, Rajon Rondo could at least be trusted to knock some shots down. Ben Simmons, I. It is a it's a wild story. All right, um, we're gonna grab a break early. I know it's early, but uh, given given the fact that I have to run things, that's just the way that it's gonna go today. We're gonna do things a little bit odd uh, because I got to take care of business. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. Jeff Arnold's gonna join us. Orioles play by play voice. We'll talk to him about Cedric Mullins, the weekend that was, and and what what there is to look forward to. We'll do that next. Uh, I'm Glenn. He's Young Jack. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It's Glenn Clark Radio, a Monday edition of the program. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip the Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down. Make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Let's talk a little bit more about, um, well, let's just talk about Cedric Mullins and let's not talk about anything else because it's not it's not as pleasant. How about we do it that way? Uh, joining us now, longtime friend of ours, of course, play-by-play voice of your Baltimore Orioles. It's always a pleasure to welcome Jeff Arnold back into the program. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you as always, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Glenn, good to be with you, my man. It's good to chat with you, dude. I know um, this, this was your, your dream job. You, you knew when you got it. It might be a little bit difficult for a little while. Hopefully there will be a, a rainbow coming after all of this is concerned. Yeah, you know what? Rebuilds are 
are, are challenging, um, to put it mildly. Yeah. And this is just kind of what, this is sort of what a rebuild is. Yep. And you realize that, you know, there's going to be, I think, more of an emphasis on individual performances. And, you know, I think everybody can see what's going on in the minor leagues, which has been great to see. And, you know, the, the, the way that all these teams are you know, at the very top of minor league baseball, the way the Bowie Bay Sox have played. I mean, Grace Rodriguez breaking Adley Rutschman's glove with a fastball yeah, cool. yesterday. Yep. That, was, that was pretty cool to see. Um, and the numbers that he's put up since coming to, coming to Bowie up from Aberdeen have been great. Um, deal Hall's throwing well. You, you get all these minor league stories, which are which are really cool. And, and the hope is that that at some point they're gonna they're gonna get to Camden Yards. But for now, you know, while the, while they're in the middle of going through through this rebuild, um, you focus a lot more on the individual stories. And um, it's been incredible to watch Cedric Mullins play this year. I think he should be in the All Star game. I don't think there should be any doubt about that. Um, Trey Mancini hits his 100 home run yesterday. So. Individually, there's some some good things that you're saying, but but overall, it's it's been a it's been a tough stretch. I mean, the, the Orioles haven't won a whole lot of games recently, and um, you know it's it's not going to get uh, much easier tonight with the Houston Astros coming to town. I, I wanted to, to to spend some time on Mullins because it is such a cool story, and yes, I I'd, I'd love to see him in the All Star game. I know this gets tricky because everybody's got to have a player, and I I, I think there's going to be a big push for Mancini, and so will the Orioles get two? I don't know. Um, but you, you know, you you've been through this system for a while. How do you explain the Cedric Mullins story? Like, how does this happen when a guy has essentially been written off and and is able to do this? Not that we didn't think he was talented once upon a time, but how do you explain this? I mean, this is not good. This is this is better than Adam Jones. What we're seeing so far. He's a guy that should, to me, be starting in center field for the All Star game. That's that's what I think. And it's hard to explain. I mean, the the transformation over two years has been incredible. I mean, it would be really cool, I think, for him to go to an All-Star game because you could just look back two years and be like, oh, this guy was down in the minor leagues. and He was really down on his luck. And let's not forget, and we pointed this out, I think, two days ago, that this is somebody that last year was, was optioned down to the alternate. Yep. So... So when you consider what he's gone through and and what he's done, I mean, I don't think he can point to really one thing. I just think that, you know, I think defensively he was always really good. Um, I, I think that he's worked on improving his arm strength, and, and that's something that continues to remain a, a focus for him. Um, but defensively he was always really good. Offensively, I think it just has to do with how short he's made his swing and how direct he's gotten to the baseball because it allows him to, to, to access his power. I mean, he's always had power um, everywhere he's gone, even when he was in the minor leagues. But, you know, with his swing being as short as it is, um, it's allowed it to come out. And I think it's also helped him when he's dealing with the velocity. It's helped him when he's getting the two strikes. I mean, he's hitting over 400 this month when he has two strikes against him, which is absurd. Um, and then you look at all those things, and it's just, making adjustments, I mean, going left on left. I mean, to me, the, the, the thing that's been most incredible is that he's hitting from one side of the plate this year after abandoning the, the switch hitting thing. And um, and that's just, that's really tough when you're, you're going left on left and you're, you're seeing, you know, breaking balls thrown at you and secondary pitches and all kinds of things like that. And to be able to not only hang in there against left-handed pitching, but to excel against left-handed pitching um, there, there are really no words to describe what Cedric Mullins has done this year. I mean, the transformation over two years has been just unlike anything um, that that I think most of us have ever seen before. Um, from somebody like you pointed out was written off uh, to someone who should be should be suiting up and starting the for the American League All Stars in Colorado. 
Uh, Jeff, I guess at this point as well, we, we, we should probably be feeling good again about Ryan Mountcastle. And I know that there's always still going to be the tricky, you know, what really is his position and all that sort of – but, like, I, I think some of the concerns maybe that we had at the beginning of the year, we start to say, okay, th- 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 this guy's going to be all right. Well, I figured that he was going to be fine. It was, it was a tough stretch in April, but it's a not, it wasn't surprising when it was happening. I mean, this is somebody that – Second year, sophomore slumps are a real thing. And you know, there's an element of chase to his game. He's never going to walk as much as somebody like Mike Trout. And he just needs to be putting himself in a position where he can get into some better hitters' counts and maybe not chase stuff that isn't a good pitch for him to hit or isn't in the strike zone too early on in the count. And, and he's, he's adjusted, and he's made some tweaks. And I think it's something that he's going to continue to need to remind himself. I think that the coaching staff is going to continue to remind him, like, you know, you you hit a you hit three home runs in a game. Like, don't get don't get too greedy. You know, don't don't try and you know get any bigger with your swing. I mean, he had two home runs on Saturday off of right-handed pitching, and he had one off of a lefty. There is there is a part of what he does that he's just got incredible natural ability, um, but he's just got to remind himself to just to just stick with his approach and. And, and not expand too much and not continue to, to go outside the strike zone. Um, if he makes pitchers attack him in the strike zone with his ability to hit the ball for power and for average, he's going to be really good. It starts to get a lot easier for pitchers when he begins, begins to go outside of the zone. And in June, we've been seeing way less of that because he's been so impressive um, this month. Um, and, and when you look back at some of the struggles in April, you know, that's what a lot of it was coming down to. Um, so it's been good to see him make some adjustments. He's Jeff Arnold, Orioles play-by-play voice. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jeff, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had a, a social gathering this weekend. It's, it was fun to do one of those again. Um, and and I, you know, I was talking to some people, and it's the same thing. And, and, and my buddy uh, Jeremy Kahn was there, and so everyone to talk to us about the Orioles and. You start to hear, well, when are the good players going to get here, right? And the first thing you want to say was, well, Cedric Mullins is pretty good. Um, but but I get what they're asking. And, you know, I, a little bit bubbles up again. We see Wander Franco get caught up this weekend, which is you start asking these questions of when it should be. And and I've I've maintained I, I knew what this was, and I was willing to be patient, and that doesn't guarantee that it ends up working out. But I can accept it for what it is at this point. And... I don't think anything changes your course. I don't think anything changes your plan. And my gut has always been that, like, for example, Adley Rutschman, it's not this year. It's it's next year's the year for him. And, you know, maybe there's some cameo at some point, but why? Like, what what is the, do, do you sense that anything changes at all based on what you alluded to, how good it's been for some guys down at that level, or it's still this year is what it is? It might be unpleasant, but we've just got to deal with that right now, and then we start seeing some of that in the years to come. You know what? I don't have a direct line to Mike Elias's office. I thought that would come with the job. Uh, I yeah, thought yeah. you would get that. I don't understand that at all, Jeff. I don't have a I don't, well, maybe maybe uh, maybe next time, but no, I, I I don't have a direct you know line to his office, but. I think that they're going to take the guys in in the minor leagues really slow. And remember that, you know, Deal Hall and, and Grayson Rodriguez. Look at how many combined starts that they have made at Double A between the two of them. Right. And they want them to get a lot of work in because when they come up to the Orioles, they want them to stay here and they want them to to be able to 
you know, be able to compete and be ready to ready to go and to have dealt with some adversity and to have their pitch mixes down and be able to command their stuff. Because when you get up here, as Dean Kramer has learned, as Bruce Zimmerman has learned, this is unforgiving baseball in the American League East. It is unforgiving, and it's not going to be easy. The Orioles play the toughest schedule in baseball right now. And while you learn a lot, I think, about some of those other pitchers, and you, you have already from how they deal with some of these different things, um, it, it's going to be tough, and there are going to be adjustments that you're going to have to make. And I, and I don't think it's a bad thing that, that those couple of pitchers and Adley Rutschman and, and that, that group that's, that's down there and some of the other minor leaguers they begin to experience some of the, the ups and downs that are associated with playing in the major leagues, which you're going to experience if you've had all this success. And then someone's like, well, those are three really good starts. And well, let's send them up another level. Right. That's not going to produce long lasting results. And then everyone's going to be up at arms. you like, well, this guy isn't, you know, this guy isn't doing his, doing his job. This guy isn't any good or any of these other things. And, and it's just like, this is why you have this development track for everybody where, Get them their work at Double A. I, I, you know, maybe Rutschman goes up to Triple A at some point, and he continues to see advanced competition up there. But it's a tough process. It's a frustrating process, but it's a necessary process, so you don't have to do it again. And and I and as hard as I think that is to hear, um, I, I feel like that's what what's going on. And so, you know, I, I feel like that there are going to be some some players too that they just they want to see what they have, and and with. You know, guys like Dean Kramer and, and Bruce Zimmerman, and you know, Zimmerman's, you know, on the IL. But it's been fun to see some of the adjustments that he has made since since he came back. Um, Kramer's had two really nice starts since returning. Um, I thought his one in Cleveland was was better than the the final line indicated. Um, you know, Keegan Aiken has had his moments, but but I feel like it's it's going to be a little while till yeah. we, till we see those guys. And and it's and I think that everyone's kind of clinging to. We want to see them right now because we want to know what the future looks like, and we, you know, want some hope and want something to, you know, to hang our hat on. And, and I get that for sure, um, but but I do think it's it's going to be a little while because when they get up here, they want to make sure that they stay up here, and and it and it requires you know being developed properly. And in Double A, the minor leagues, it means facing teams at that level multiple times and being able to being able to figure it out uh, and being able to make adjustments because in the major leagues, you're going to do that. Every time you go out there, and you've you got to be ready for it, uh, Jeff. What do you make of you know? I, look, when when teams struggle, you know, people people scream and they yell and they do all that. Mm-hmm. And there's this sort of weird bubbling thing uh, related mm-hmm. to Brandon Hyde, and I and I and I don't get it, right? Like, because it just seems to me like I don't even know how you would judge a manager by these circumstances. And I know that you guys don't have the same you know, day-to-day thing as it would be in a normal world where you'd be able to spend a lot of time around the guys and, and sort of talk to them mm-hmm. the same way. But do you have a sense for, you know, the relationship that Brandon Hyde has with these guys and and, and the job that you've sensed that he's doing despite everything that he's dealing with? Well, I'll say this. Um, you're not playing in as many close games as you're playing in um, if if that team isn't playing for that manager, so if if they were if they were giving up, we haven't seen that. Um, it, it may not always be pretty. There might be days where you get blown out. There might be days where, like Saturday, where you hit first six hits or home runs, and then you have some some problems in the bullpen at the yeah. very end of the game, and you can't get one more strike a couple of different times, and you can't get one more out. Um, that's frustrating. Believe me, it's if. 
I was that game in and of itself was just a total roller coaster ride, and I just I mean, uh, right. It felt like a right. really great movie with a really bad ending. Um, but no, I, they play for him, and you can tell that they play for him. Um, it's just, what are you supposed to do in his spot? Right. I mean, you, you have if you take a look at the roster construction, you know, it's 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 a bunch of younger players. I mean. Tyler Wells has a lot of talent, but he's a Rule 5 pick who's very new to pitching in high-leverage situations. Tanner Scott has had some moments where he's been fantastic, and he's also had some moments where he's been up and down, and he's still very much you know, trying to find himself, and he's in, a, he's in a good run right now. Hunter Harvey has dealt with um, with injury issues throughout, throughout his career. Um, he's been throwing the ball well since he's come back. Hopefully that's going to continue. Um, and then you have just lots of, you know, but, you know, Cesar Valdez, as as good of a story was when he got here, you know he's really struggled. Cole Sulzer has been good this year, had his ups and downs last year. Um, bunch of players that were waiver wire acquisitions, that were Rule Five picks. Um, that uh, it's just it's just a, a roster that it's it's very tough um, to manage a bullpen when you you kind of look down there and it's like, well, we used this guy yesterday, and we used this guy yesterday, and we you know we did this and this and whatever. Um, and and just you know inconsistency with other you know parts of your your team where Santander is dealing with an ankle you know Hayes is dealing with a hamstring right now um, you've been down pieces um, you have guys like Sean Armstrong who you expect oh hopefully he can build off of what he did in 2020 right. he has a, a disastrous you know run this year um, so it's very hard to judge somebody as a manager in a rebuild um, it's not. It's not something you can you, you can't ju- you can't judge it out of a out of a specific you can't look at it through the same lens. Um, I, I think you just have to look at the energy. I think you have to look at are they playing for him every day? Look at the number of close games the Orioles have played in this year. Now it's been frustrating that they've lost a lot of them. You know their record in one run games. It's you know it's since since May is not pretty, um, but at least I think when you can tell that they've been there and when you can tell that they've played close. I think that's your indicator that they're playing for him, and in in that sense, there's a there's a respect factor there. A lot of guys trying to prove themselves right now. I, I don't disagree with that, Jeff. And, and, and the thing I've, I like, I couldn't tell you that Brandon Hyde is the best manager in baseball. I, I mean, I don't I don't know that. Well, I don't, you, I don't, right, think, I don't like, think anyone could. I don't right. Think anyone could. I think. And that's I think my. Would, how do you have any opinion? How do you have any strong opinion? I, right. You can't. About you it? Can't. Exactly. And you know, I mean, I know there were some people that probably after the the game on Saturday were like, "Well, we use the same." For relief pitchers, right? Like, okay, th- those are the ones. Do? Yeah, what do you, where do, where you, do you can't go? invent one, <laughs> right. and that's and that's the thing. So, but but I, you know, I'm sure there were some people that were wondering, what's like, well, we use the same four relief pitchers in the game prior, but but it's like, okay, well, those are your four best relief guys that you have, and yep. you just look at matches. Well, why not go to Solcer? It's like, well, that's the right-handed part of the lineup, and Solcer's a guy that gets lefties out, so he's not a great option. Why don't you use Cesar Valdez? It's like, well. Cesar Valdez, take a look at the results over the last month. Probably not a great spot for him right now. It would have been earlier on in the year, but it's not right now. Well, what about Dylan Tate? Well, Tate's been inconsistent since coming off the injury list. So what do you do? Yep. I mean, Somebody's got to pitch. Much you can do. Yeah. There's, there's not much you can do. And, and it, it, it's those kinds of things which make managing in a rebuild very tough. You play the cards that you have, and sometimes it doesn't yield the results that you're looking for. And that's just that's just part of it. And so until until he has a team that's that's ready to compete, I don't think you can really judge him much off of the the wins and losses. And you know, it, it's just like 
okay, this isn't this isn't the spot where we we want to be, and it's it's not it's not ideal when when this happens and this doesn't go well, and you make this decision that doesn't work out. But this is what happens when you have a rebuilding team: is that you're going to make some decisions and push some buttons where you're like, this is the best I think decision in the moment, and it just doesn't work out. Um, and that's unfortunately something that happens, and that's why I think you have to wait until you have a team that's ready to compete before you can really evaluate his performance. And 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 by the way, I do believe that there are situations where things are so toxic that you have no choice to fire the manager. And I think what we're saying is I don't have any reason to believe that's the case here. I, I don't. Uh, no. I, don't, I have no, no reason to believe no. that's the case here. No, uh, I definitely not. Uh, at Jeff on the air is how you follow him on Twitter. And Jeff, you want to get a, pl- a podcast plug in? Yeah, we got inside the yard coming up and. You've got Inside the Yard coming up. Uh, we're going to tape our next one tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have some draft episodes coming up, so that ought to be really cool. Well, we're going to talk to some different people inside the warehouse. We're going to um, have a couple of episodes with uh, some people that, that cover the draft and follow the draft, so that ought to be really cool, um, especially as we get closer to that um, in a couple of weeks. All right. At Jeff on the air, as I said, that's how you give him a follow. Jeff, always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Thank you so much for doing this this morning. You got it, Glenn. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good, bud. It's Jeff Arnold uh, joining us here on GCR. As uh, yeah, look, it's it's tough. It's what it is. There's not a whole lot that we can say about it. I don't. I'll continue to say the same things about Brandon Hyde. There is nothing to me that has made me feel strongly that th- this is so bad that Brandon Hyde has to go. I'm not going to tell you that I think Brandon Hyde's a great manager either. I just think it's silly to have that conversation. I think it's absolutely silly. All right. Uh, hey, a reminder, this Sunday, big, big event, Tucker Fest, is happening at Jerry's Toyota. It's going to be an awesome day. The greatest kicker of all time will be there, and you can meet him. But you got to get your meet-and-greet tickets right now for pictures and autographs by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Get your picture and autograph passes for Justin Tucker this Sunday at Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota, great8smemorabilia.com. On top of that, the, the event itself is free to attend. Come out, put your purple on, cornhole tournament, dunk tank, Jeremy Kahn's getting in there, live music, Joey Harkum and Dave Teeth, food trucks, vendors. The U.S. Army's bringing this massive gaming truck out for you to just hang out and play video games with other people. It's going to be a great day. We're trying to get back out among people, have some fun. Tucker Fest is the way to do it. If you want to meet Justin Tucker, again, great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8. That's how you get your meet and greet passes for Sunday Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. Looking forward to that big time. When we come back in, speaking of things I'm looking forward to, the PLL is back in town this weekend, and Hopkins legend Kyle Harrison will be playing back at Homewood Field in his final pro season. We'll talk to him next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. 
At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh, premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion Conor McGregor and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Well, our next guest is truly a legend and really, really remarkable to think that um, this is going to be it for him. Glad that he gets to come back and uh, play one more time at Homewood Field as the PLL returns 
this weekend to Homewood Field. Uh, if you weren't there two years ago or two summers ago when the PL came here for the first time, it was a rabid atmosphere. It was wild. It was raucous. It was really one of the more special things that I had seen uh, pro lacrosse-wise in uh, my entire life. Back this weekend, this man had announced earlier this would be his final year of playing pro, pro lacrosse. He, of course, a Johns Hopkins legend, former Tawaritan winner, a national champ, all of those things. And now he's getting to go out the way that he wanted to. He is Kyle Harrison, and he joins us once again here on GCR. Kyle, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us again this morning. Of course. appreciate appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, can you just take me through? We haven't had a chance to, to chat since you announced that this was going to be it yep. for you. Um, you know, did you know, like, all along, did you think about it last year, the world changed it? Like, how did you come to the decision yeah. that now was the time for you to hang it up? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I think, you know, my my wife and I had spoken, and, and obviously the folks close to me, and I think had last year not been a bubble, yeah. um, you know, that, that might have been it. But, you know, we, we felt like, I, I, knew, I knew I could still play, and I knew I had desire to still play. Um, and as cool as the bubble was, and I'm so proud to be a part uh, of the front office that pulled off a successful bubble uh, with, with zero um, positive COVID tests, like that was incredible. But it was also like just two weeks of playing. <laughs> um, and so I felt like, look, I only played two weeks. You know, if you, if you rewind to earlier in my pro career, uh, you know, I played LXM for a few years. And those were just, you know, some seasons, some summers we had six games, some summers we had nine, some mm-hmm. summers we had three. Um, and so, like, my body felt good. And I felt like, you know, with, I'd like to come play one last real season. Um, and, of course, it ended up being this one. So we, we had an idea. I've been so lucky. 17 years is a long time to play professional lacrosse. Um, and so I'm fortunate to have the run I've had. And, and it's just uh, at the end of this season, it'll be, it'll be time to uh, to move on from the playing portion. I get that. And obviously, what you've, you've done just about everything there is to do, correct, in the sport. <laughs> so like there, there can't be a whole lot left that you're sitting there saying, man, it's just a real bummer that I was never able to. You played everywhere, right? Like, yeah. I've been so lucky, man. I really have been able to, you know, whether that's the Hopkins to, you know, the MLL to – Starting LXM to then going yep. back to the MLL, then Team USA, and then PLL. Like I've been so fortunate, and um, you know it, it's it's beyond anything I ever could have dreamed of. So extremely, extremely fortunate to have had the career I've had. The the significance of and and you know this is weird too, right? Because obviously, at th- I guess four years ago, you might not have known there was ever going to be a chance for you to play another competitive game at at Homewood Field, yep. right? But yeah, to to have gotten to do it a couple years ago to get one more chance to do it this year, what yep. does that uniquely mean to you? It obviously like a a hollow ground, not just for for Hopkins guys, but really throughout the sport of lacrosse. It's cool, man. I've been I've been so lucky. Like like you just said, I think you know when I walked off that field, I want to say we played against. Come on, Kyle, UMass, my senior year, um, in the quarterfinals. That was like my last game competitive game on home field and it was incredible and uh we won and obviously we went on to, to win our final four game against virginia and then ultimately win a national championship but that in my mind the, the time, there were some thrills time. involved with that by the way that was one of the more oh, gosh, thr- yeah. yeah jeez it wasn't as, it wasn't as clean as it needed to be sure. <laughs> um, but you know when i walked off that field that was the last time i thought i'd ever have an opportunity to play on it and uh you know, two years ago, back in 2019, and one of my favorite memories from that season, like it was, I, I shot it terribly. We lost the championship. 
like there was a bunch of, of negative memories that I have, but the best memory without a doubt that made it all worth it was running around with my two kids on Homewood Field, which I yeah. never would have thought I would got, get to do professionally. Um, and we have incredible pictures of that. And like, so that field means the world to my family and I, and, uh, having the opportunity to go back on, it's pretty special. The, the, the entire PLL, Kyle Harrison is with us here on Glenn Clark radio, the entire PLL experience for you. And again, I know last year was so weird. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Right. But, but knowing what you guys were doing, um, how you were trying to take the sport to a next level, um, professionally seeing some of the results of that already, again, albeit, with this hiccup that the world went through a year ago, what has yeah. it meant to you to be able to help shepherd the league in as one of the more marketable stars of lacrosse? And and how significant was that for you in like making a decision like this? Hey, I want to give some time to this to help this thing out to allow it to grow. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I'm I'm fortunate in that Paul and Mike approached me at the very beginning, like before we launched, obviously back in twenty. I want to say Paul and I's breakfast was twenty eighteen. Um, uh, in January at the Iron Rooster, we talked about it. And as he pitched me on the idea, I was like, this is incredible. Like, you know, I'm assuming we're high in, you know, 2020, 2021. He's like, no, 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 we're looking, looking to uh, launch in the fall. I was like, yikes, got it. Okay. Uh, and, and obviously he had a vision uh, for what he wanted to do in, in terms of how they were going to build this thing and, and build the marketing and storytelling around it. I think lacrosse players in general, both men and women, are so interesting in that, you know, from the – schools they attend to how they make it work right because we're not like the big four in that you're just playing lacrosse or just playing football and not doing nothing else um so i think it was really about getting under the helmet and, and seeing some personalities and and letting guys you know we have some incredible uh stories to be told and some incredible personalities just just that you know haven't really been showcased just hasn't happened that way uh in the past and so being a part of a, a league that is really helping push lacrosse into mainstream has been pretty special Ah, it's been it's been unbelievably cool. Um, I I know it's still there's still a lot of room for growth, right? And I know this oh, is course. this is the first time we're really getting to see like the full fruition of uh, the two leagues merging and it, yeah. it truly being all of the top stars in lacrosse in one place and being able to bring yeah. it back out on the road. Um, you know, what what's next? I guess is what I want to say in, in in watching the infancy of this league to you, Kyle. What's the next thing? that comes for the PLL? Like, what's the next step the league needs to take as a whole? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, uh, we, we could talk for the next five hours about that. Um, I think if you look at each business unit, there, there's obviously a ton of room for growth. Um, and, and, you know, I think as you look at lacrosse in general, like I, I woke up this morning and scrolled Twitter as I was uh, waiting, waiting for my kids to go to school and, like, just even seeing what's happening in the NLL right now and the new team in Vegas and, and the ownership groups that are getting involved. I think if you take a look at the types of folks that are starting to take a look at lacrosse and get involved and spend meaningful dollars, I, I think it's going to continue to grow. I think ultimately for all of us, we have to continue to do our job at the grassroots level um, and continue to, to grow the sport all over the country, all over the world, and, and get kids uh, in underserved areas and sticks in their hands and, and get them a part of programming and introduce them to the sport because I think at the end of the day, the sport has to continue to grow in terms of numbers and in terms of folks playing uh, for everything else to grow. So, again, t- ton of different areas and business units that we can look at, but, but for me, uh, the, one, the one that I'm keenly focused on is, is the growth at the grassroots level. Kyle Harrison with us here on Glenn Clark Radio again. The PLL this weekend at Homewood Field. It's all th- all throughout the course of the weekend um, that you'll be able to get out there and watch the best players in the entire sport play. I'll give you some more of those details here in a second. 
Um, Kyle, you have always been, you know, a trailblazer, of course, in this sport. You have always been someone sure. that's been turned to to say, hey, how can how can the sport continue to reach out to the black community? And I know a year ago, obviously, there was a lot that was thrust into the national needle, needlessly because it involved a man's murder. But it needed to be thrust into everyone's face about what we're still dealing with in the country, right? Um, how much of a step forward has the sport of lacrosse taken during your now, you know, it, it, 20 years if we include college, right? How yeah, much yeah. has the sport stepped forward and how much is still needed for the sport to get to a place where it does feel more inclusive for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, when you're talking inclusivity, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity. I mean, there's a lot of runway, right? Like we've got a long way to go. Um, that's not that's not specific to lacrosse. That's that's the country in general. Yeah, that's, that's fair. The times mm-hmm. we're living in. Um, but you know, that that being said, I think now more than ever, difficult conversations are happening. Uh, it's it's kind of out in the open. I'd, I'd say, you know, I think as in my younger college days and and then even younger pro days, that these conversations, things were happening, but these conversations. Uh, weren't really happening publicly. And you can also attribute that to social media and, and the growth there and in terms of, like, you can really express your opinion and get it out there pretty quickly. Um, and so I, I think we've got a long way to go, but, but I am proud that conversations are happening. I'm proud on, on both sides, whether or not um, we necessarily agree with, with each other's points. Uh, at, at minimum, we're, we're hearing each other out. Um, and it's just a part of life, right? Like, I, I think yeah, I, some of the best conversations, the most difficult conversations I had were, were last year as the country and our sport were going through things. Yep. Uh, but, you know, coming out on the, the back end of it, like some of my closest friends that I had these talks with that we we're sitting on different sides of the table, like we came out of it stronger and better. Like he, he doesn't agree with me, he or she doesn't agree with me, and I don't agree with them, but, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, at least I know where they're coming from. And I, and I think that was a big step for us uh, and me personally. But I guess when, when talking... About the sport in general, we got we got a ton of runway, a ton of runway, but a ton of work left to do, and I, and I think folks are committed to doing that. Uh, all right, so a, a couple of things that jumped to mind. One, obvi- yeah, yeah. What, what do you what do you make of? And, and before we get to the job he's taking, it, does it confuse you as much as it confuses me that Dave Petromala was available to be hired as a head coach and nobody hired him? Does that confuse you as much as it confuses me? Yeah, no. Look, he's one of the all-time greats, right? Uh, playing and coaching, and I think you know, um, you and I don't know the ins and outs of what he had potentially been offered. That's fair. Uh, you yes, know, like that maybe, is fair. Maybe there were, yeah, maybe there were some positions that that he was offered and turned down. Um, but you know, I don't think uh, I, I don't think it'll be it'll be years and years down the road before he's he's a head coach again. I think. You know, getting him like uh, bump into the second portion of your question, like him in orange, is going to be a little yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the part he, that he I wanted to get to. About it a lot. Yeah, man, it's uncomfortable. Like I don't, even, I don't like orange. I genuinely. Uh, I understand I that. I lost two in college. I lost to three teams in college. That's it. I lost to Princeton. I lost to Cuse, and I lost to Virginia. That's it. We didn't lose anybody else on our four years there. And so I'm just not an orange guy by nature. Uh, but what he and I agreed to last week, obviously, I'm a hoops fan. So I told him I would wear a Syracuse basketball crew neck, <laughs> uh, and that would be my way of supporting him. Um, no, but he's look, he, he's an all-time great man, and he will uh, he'll do an incredible job up there at Syracuse. Looking forward to watching what happens. And like I said, I, I don't I don't anticipate it being too long before he 
uh, will be offered another head coaching position. I was thinking about the, you know, we referenced you guys run to the title and some of the bumps. I was thinking about the Virginia game as I was watching this year's national title game, and I'm, I'm sure it didn't necessarily break your heart that Maryland fell short. I'm sure that wasn't the worst thing for you, but that like that 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 drama of the final seconds and the things that can still like somebody scores with ten seconds left and everybody's like ah oh, it's not enough time like did, did you have any flashbacks to like no this can be done I happen to know that it can be done in these moments as it nearly was again yeah you know what I'll tell you man as, as pe- kids you want to say kids I'm talking like down to middle school high school but then even young men and women in college and then you look professional people are so talented these days yeah. uh, with the things they're able to do on the field that like nothing's out of the question I think back to you know our days and, and you know the play you're referring to like Greg Potter popping that face off out coming down having the presence of mind to skip it to Jake Byrne as opposed to throwing it you know to, to the point man and then, and then you know the next step to that Jake Byrne switching from left to right or from right to left-handed for, you know, a better angle and shooting that ball. Like, all of it is crazy, and it back then didn't happen. But nowadays, like, these kids can knock that out in the heartbeat. That's amazing, uh, man. And, and not think twice about it. So, yeah, no, I, I love these games, and I think – that's honestly why I love the PLL. I think the two-point line, you know, which was obviously originated the MLL, like, you're just never out of games. Like, you can be up seven or eight going into the fourth quarter. They bang two two-pointers, and, and now all of a sudden, like, it's a close game. They get a couple in transition, and, and now – you know, there's a minute left, and it's a one-goal game or a tie game. Uh, and so I think we're in a really exciting time in terms of the, the skill level all across the board from youth through professional. And I think that's a testament to, like, the coaching that's happening now. Like, I look at what some of these professional players, both men and women, are doing and what they're teaching at their skill camps, and they're teaching, like, these elite-level skills uh, to sixth graders and fifth graders hmm. and eighth graders. Hmm. And so you're just seeing the skill level just skyrocket uh, when they get to college, like you watch a high school, I watched uh, highlights. I want to say it was BL Calvert Hall or something. And then I was watching like UNC Q's play wow. with all this stuff these kids are doing. They're just so good these days. So I, I am thrilled at the direction and skill level in the sport right now. All right. So, so then the last one I have for you is what's the what's yeah. the best tip you can give to a now lacrosse father of a six year old because it was cool. a struggle this season, Kyle. He. Um, sure. He was really happy to be there with his friends, and he really wanted to play, but he was like the fifth guy to the ground ball every time. He was like, oh, my yeah. friends are over there. Now I'll go over there. What, what's the best advice you can give to a lacrosse father of a six-year-old who, for the most part, has just been happy to be there to this point? Yep, yep, yep. I th- so here's what I, I think so the last part's the most important part, right? Happy to be there. Um, but what I've noticed with my daughter and, like, by no means am I an expert because she like still half in half out, which is fine. Um, when we do it at home, it's like when she's with, when she, and she only went to a few practices cause there was like a, uh, a COVID outbreak within the organization, not specifically to her team, but just like, a, and so we just shut it down. We're like, no, nope, can't have that. Uh, and that was, that was like six months ago. But what, what I will say is when she was at that practice, my wife said it was like a ton of playing with friends and like not really paying attention to the actual, lacrosse stuff um she knows her dad plays lacrosse and she knows her grandfather played lacrosse um and so when we're at home in the backyard and like i'm teaching her how to shoot and ground balls and just like making it fun she picks it up quicker and so i think once she gets Hmm. more comfortable with her skill set in terms of just even being able to keep the ball on the stick then when she gets back to practice with everybody else now she's even more confident that she like is not going to be the worst one there so that's what i've okay 
teach it all the skills at home. So when she gets there, like when the coach is teaching them something, it's not the first time she's heard it. All right. I like that. I like that. That'll help. That'll help. It's been a struggle. That's all I'm going to, it's just been a struggle so hey, far. man, I couldn't, I couldn't pick up a ball at that age either. And it worked out fine. All right. Well, you know what? If I, if I can turn this boy into Kyle Harrison, I got, I got great things going on. You, you, of course, you also had probably a better mentor in the sport than I did in your own father. I just, you know, or than, than my son he, does. He left me alone though, man. I will say, like he, he could have pushed me but he just didn't he uh he kind of let me do my own thing and he i'd say he was harder on me in basketball and soccer than he wow. was lacrosse but wow lacrosse he let it happen organically oh, that's cool that's really cool it, it worked out okay it worked out it okay all right so this weekend um premier lacrosse league yep. at homewood field you guys yep. redwoods you got you're playing the early game on saturday correct yeah 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 i think we're the 515 the game. 515 yeah. game on saturday um, so get to premierlacrosseleague.com right now to get your tickets to send off Absolutely. Kyle Harrison. Be there Saturday at 515. But, again, game Friday night, two games Saturday night, two games Sunday afternoon. Plenty of opportunities yep. you get get out during the course of the weekend. If you want to send off Kyle Harrison, be there Saturday for the early game at 515. Kyle, what can I plug for you? Social media, anything. What plugs can I get in for you? Yeah, yeah. So the two things I'd say, social media, I'm Kyle Harrison 18 everywhere. So that's on Twitter, that's on Instagram, uh, TikTok, that's everywhere. Um, Kyle Harrison 18. But what I will say, just to to piggyback on what you just said around coming out to uh, the game. So while I would love to see everybody, of course, uh, in order for our sport to continue growing and heading the right direction, we got to come out and we got to support. There are going to be five incredible games uh, of some of the best lacrosse players in the world playing Friday night, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, and in order for this to continue to grow, we need folks to come out and support. So look, looking forward to a uh, big crowd this weekend at Homewood. Uh, Kyle, so happy for you, man. And, um, and know that you're going to be doing amazing things as, as, as your life moves on past playing professional lacrosse. And we can't wait to see what those things are. Um, con- I appreciate that. Con- congratulations on a tremendous run. And I know it's not over yet. We'll look forward to seeing you this weekend and throughout the rest of the season. But always appreciate you taking the time for us. Enjoy uh, one more time at Homewood Field on Saturday night, all right? Of course, I will. And anytime you guys need me, you give me a shout. I appreciate it. Greatly that. appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. Take care. Kyle Harrison, Johns Hopkins legend, and uh, getting ready to come back one more time this weekend with the PLL to Homewood Field. Appreciate him joining us, as always. What a friggin' career he has had. All right, um, uh, really quickly, a couple more things this morning. One, uh, first hour today's show has also been brought to you by our friends C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 is the phone number. C3America.com is the website for you to get your free analysis. Um, so I, I, uh, I see a lot of people talking about the Supreme court ruling against the NCAA this morning. And there, there tends to be great joy that comes with it. Oh, this is Ron and Owings Mills. This is Ron. Hey, uh, uh, do me a favor, young Jack, pick up this phone, tell Ron to hang on. Okay. Just tell him, Hey, we'll get to you in one second. Ron wanted to call in this morning and I'm happy to have him. Well, maybe, maybe he doesn't, he might've given up. Um, is that is he there? No, he's not there. All right, we'll see if it calls back. Um, so the Supreme Court rules against the NCAA, and you say, "Oh, this solves everything." Well, this one was a far lesser case. 
This one was the one that was about like musical instruments and things along those lines. That's what this particular case was all about. So this doesn't like this doesn't end the NIL issue. Those two things are not directly related. But I can tell you it appears it I I have always been a skeptic and yet more than ever there's a bit more smoke from the NCAA itself to try to get a policy in place related to NIL before July 1st when laws start going into effect in certain states. This is not when Maryland's goes into effect, not related to NIL specifically. The safety part of it does, but the NIL part doesn't go into effect for, I think, two more years. Um this is the first year in which NIL laws are going into effect. And so Mark Emmert, for every negative thing you can say about him, is apparently putting serious public pressure on the schools to get their acts together. Now, somebody would say, isn't that Mark Emmert's job? And he's saying, if they don't, we I will. Apparently, the big conferences are pushing for broad NIL allowance right like to to have as little regulation as there possibly can be to allow athletes to broadly take advantage of their name image and likeness which is exactly what it should be it's exactly the way that it should be there should be very little limitation for any reason at all it's their name it's their image it's their likeness they should be able to use it and profit off of it period period should be as simple as that Ron's in Owings Mills. He wanted to check in this morning. Ron. Oh, sorry about that, pal. Good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I uh, hope you enjoyed that French Open. Uh, I did. Fun, fun, I, fun time in tennis. Um, I, I, um, you know, it's funny, Ron. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I obviously enjoyed the semifinal a great deal. The final, you know, proved to be a five-set thriller. I, 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 there's a small part of me that, like, I still have a, a tiny bit of, like, I don't love Novak Djokovic because of, you know, some of the sure. things about him as a human. Um, it's not, I'm not, I'm over the, like, you know, he's, he is the greatest player of all time. There's no debating it. He's the greatest player of all time, period. You and I talked about this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do kind of want to see one of these younger guys, and specifically not Zverev. I, I yeah. do finally want to see one of them win. And I know team won, but he didn't have to beat anybody. You know, he only, had to, you know, he didn't have to beat Djokovic because Djokovic had gotten defaulted. Um, right. Like, I do finally want to see one of these guys take down one of these dudes to start ushering in the next like ten, twelve years of tennis enjoyment of my life. So <laughs> there was a small part of me that was like, I kind of wanted it to be Tsitsipas on winning yeah. the final. He's so good on clay; it would be such a good moment for him. I kind of wanted to see that, but I mean, I. I can't deny the greatness, dude. It's like rooting against Michael Jordan. This guy is just, he's, he's, he's something else. And yeah. there's almost no doubt in my mind he's about to go win Wimbledon, too. I mean, he's definitely the favorite. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. You want to see the next few guys come up. I, I was rooting for Tissi Puss. I don't hate Djokovic. Obviously, he's annoying. Like, yeah, I don't hate court, him either. I just early on in his career. Right, you know, right. Annoying. But, right. Um, I agree with you. When all is said and done, he, he's going to have the most slams. All around, I think you have to give it to him. Nadal, to me, is still the greatest clay court player, and Federer right now is still the greatest grass court player. But um, I, my whole thing with Djokovic is he has this ability, probably better than anyone I've ever seen play tennis, at 
figuring it out in match, like just sure. like, it's kind of like a rope a dope. Where sure. like for a set, like his level is probably not the peak Djokovic level, and then he just his fitness in the fourth and fifth set are at another level. Oh, um, he's unreal, man! Is, I he's think unreal. that's the best part of his game, uh, other than the return is his his actual because he does a, he talks Glenn that he does a lot of yoga, this uh, stuff like his flexibility and fitness is probably as good as anybody. I, I uh, it's un it really is unreal. I mean, it's truly the man never gets tired. Like <laughs> he just never gets tired either. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know how much like how much cardio you have to do. The man is just never fit. You can he can be mentally overcome by something right we've seen it multiple mm-hmm. times obviously we saw it at the u.s open last year we saw it against uh, a query a few years ago like we have seen times where sure. mentally you he can blow up correct but physically nope not happening no, physically, he's, he's not he's pretty damn good no doubt man um just quick on the kevin herter thing because i saw this discussion pop up um this is where i'm at totally this is just my thoughts. I'd like your thoughts. You watch Kevin Herter's career at Maryland. Yep. Um, I want to just so Kevin Herter was a good player in college, very good three point shooter. He was I mean, helpful. I, yes, he, he was helpful. Those teams never won with Fernando Cowan Herter. Never won anything big. I don't blame that all on on Kevin Herter. That's not fair. I think Kevin Herter really what helped him, from my understanding, reading everything about his draft. Like he went to the combine. Um, and just absolutely killed it, killed it. And I think that's what did it, because there were questions about whether or not he was going to declare. I mean, the, uh, there was always the discussion he would get drafted, but not, like, I think he got drafted. He was a first-round pick, yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, I mean, people were saying, oh, and I'm not giving, I, I think Mark Turgeon, you want to give Mark Turgeon some credit for Kevin Herter's development? Okay, sure. He was a good recruit and a really good three-point shooter coming out of high school. I think his game really has developed in the NBA. Like, watching him this year compared to years prior, he's just putting the ball on the floor better, defending better. He's just the typical NBA guy now. And I I did not see – he could always shoot the three, but I don't remember him expanding his game like this in college. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. One of the issues that I – and we talked about this earlier in the show, um, Ron – I. The issue that I have is I always wanted to see a more dominant Kevin Herter, right? Like, he had the size to be that guy. He had, he just never really did it. And it's a twofold right. thing because it's easy to say, well, that would, it's part of its personality. Like, his personality is just not the type to be that guy. But the other side of it is no one has been able to be that guy in, in a Mark Turgeon offense other than a point guard. Right, yeah. unless you're the point guard, you're you're not. You have no green light to just take things over and say every possession is going through me. Period. That's the way that mm-hmm. it's going to be. Only the point guard has ever been able to do that in a Mark Turgeon system. Now, I, I can't speak the ins and outs of that. Like, I can't. If if Mark Turgeon had given Kevin Herter more of a green light, would Cowan have always said, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm the guy." You know, like we're not we're not doing that, right? Like or or Trimble, you know, whoever it was. Like I, this is the way it's going to work. You're, we're running through me. I I don't know. I I don't I don't know enough to know each player's personality. But it was always frustrating hearing about all of Kevin Herter's pro potential and continuing to say to myself, "Why is he never more assertive 
as an offensive player? Why is he always waiting? Mm-hmm. Why is he always, you know, again, good spot-up shooter, helpful piece. Why he were there the ball on the floor as much? Correct. Like why why were there never more times where we were able to see him say, "Nope, we're in this part of the game. I want possessions going through me." Was that about right. him? Was it about the point guard? Was it just about the Mark Turgeon system? And and given everything we've seen from Mark Turgeon point guards over the years, it's understandable to think that for the most part it might have something to do with the system. Um, yeah, you know. I, yeah, what, I mean, I, I just saw that on Twitter about like, oh, we got to get Mark Turgeon. Look, and that's fine. Sure, Mark Turgeon can use that in recruiting. I'm happy. That's that's great. That's great. Well, I know you I, saw I the just, joke that I made on Twitter last night. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I, it's it's a joke, but it's only somewhat of a joke, right? Like mm-hmm. he's had very uh, one of the most painful things. I know you're a, a massive Knicks fan, Ron. Yeah. There was there was when when Emmanuel quickly was being recruited, he was documenting all of it and putting it on YouTube. When coaches mm-hmm. would come to his house to meet with him and his mom, he was he had a, a camera crew there filming all of it, mm-hmm. and I painfully watched all of Mark Turgeon's pitch to Emmanuel Quickly, who he was never getting, obviously. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 Emmanuel Quickly was never the type that cared that deeply about being in, at Maryland that was going to outweigh the fact that Maryland was a, not nearly as good of a program as Kentucky was, right? Sure. Like, it was never going to happen. But Mark Turgeon, to his credit, still, still tried. You know, like, he still went after it. He still pursued yep. Emmanuel Quickly hard. And there was a point in which they're going through this booklet that they, they're put together. They're sitting on the couch, and he's flipping through it. And, like, he's focusing on Chris Middleton, right? Like, he's focusing on, Here we go. here's the reason why you should come play for me is because look at what I did for Chris Middleton. Now, at the time, Chris Middleton had not become, like, now he's an even better player today than he was at that point, sure. right? Um, sure. But it made me realize, like, that's what he has. That's it. Yep. That's all he has he, a booklet. He I can, mean, I, <laughs> I love Chris Middleton, by the way. I love his. Oh, I mean, Chris I Middleton's love. a hell of a player, and he's been he's been an unbelievably help. But the point being, like, yeah. he couldn't walk in and say, "Here are the eight guys." I, what he could walk in and do is, "Here's the one guy I've got to use an example of what you could become." And it's not even a guy that was at Maryland. Like, you had to go back to his yeah. last stop wow, yeah, in order to find that guy that he could paint. He's got more big guys that he can point to now. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean I, to there, some extent. There's never been an art. I, I hear you, and that's totally fair. You, all these guys do that, to be fair, I'm sure. Well, no, I have no, pro- not- I have no problem with you using the players that have been successful to try to help you recruit. You should do that. Mm-hmm. The, the painful part of it to me was... It, we don't it, have anybody here. Right. Like, he couldn't go into that room and sit in front of Emmanuel quickly and say, the reason why you want to play for me is because of, you know, insert guard name here. Because of, look at look at how things worked out for Sean Mosley. Because of, look, and I know that wasn't originally mm-hmm. his recruit, but he had Sean Mosley for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, look at how things worked out for Nick Faust. Because of, look at how things worked out. He couldn't do that because he didn't have those guys. They, they didn't succeed at that level. And Emmanuel quickly was was a more of a, a complete player than some of these point guards that we've seen in recent years. But those guys aren't, you know, Cowan and Trimble aren't going on to, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that that's just not what he's got. And I agree. It does help him, frankly, that he'll be able to, to, you know, show that booklet next year to somebody else and say, well, look at what Kevin Herter's doing. Will that change the course of Maryland basketball? No, not likely to. 
it's right. it's better than to not have it. You know what I mean? Like in the yeah. scenario where it's it's no one or Kevin Herter was well, better to have Kevin Herter, but it also is reflective of how kind of empty this period has been for Maryland basketball. That this is what you got. Like this is what yeah. you're taking in. And I hope that Jalen Smith becomes that guy in the future. You know, I I, I hope that that Aaron Wiggins becomes that guy in the future. I know there's been a lot of rumblings about. I don't root against. I don't root against. Of course, I I hope that's the case. I just think like uh, it's fair. I I just think look, you want to say Kevin Herter got a lot of shots up at Maryland. You'll get a lot of shots at Maryland. There's no doubt about that. You're going to take a lot of threes. I again, I point to the system. I don't necessarily think he develops skilled players to help prepare them for the NBA. I think he's gotten NBA talent. Kevin Herter, to me, was an NBA type of talent just because of his ability to stretch the floor. I think Kevin Herter put in the work himself. I think he showed out at the Combine, and I think that's what got him the draft position he got. And it doesn't hurt, by the way, to play with a guy like Trey Young who can make – I give Trey Young credit. Look, he, he is a pass type of guy. He's not un, he's not selfish nope, at all. not at all. And, and they have to draw, too, and that lets Herter go to work. But 100%. I'm not going to take anything away from it, Glenn. I just – look, last night I, I, I had to comment on it because I watched Kevin Herter's career, whole career. So did you. So did many others, just like the Jake Laymans of the world, the others. There's many examples I can point to where I just, if, if you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. That's all I'm saying. No doubt. All right, hey, Ron, all right, appreciate man. you, buddy. Later. We'll talk. I, I'm, I, I hate coming off, you know, so negatively. Like whenever we talk about the Mark Turgeon era of basketball at Maryland, I hate that. I, I wish there were a million other wonderful things that I could say. There aren't. There just aren't. They don't exist. There have not been those accomplishments. There have not. Um, uh, Paul from Ovilando just messaged. Hypo- so, uh, hypothetically, if, if Ayala and Wiggins were to return for one more season, do you put the 21-22 roster ahead of the 15-16 roster as Turgeon's most talent-laden one? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I'd still have to think about that a little bit more. I always thought we were getting a bit carried away. I, I mean, keep in mind, part of that was what we thought Diamond Stone was going to be in comparison to what he ended up being. Um, I, I I know a lot of people are very excited about Cutis Wahab from Georgetown. I, I don't know that he's special as much as he's a, a nice piece. And a, a piece you're happy to have because you, you damn well needed something in the front court. I, I don't know that he's special. I think he's helpful. That's Russell fits the mold of a Maryland point guard, right? Like that undersized, things can go through him. He fits that mold. Wiggins is still the only guy of the group that I, I know is at least potentially special, at least Big Ten special. So that's critical in having this conversation is, do you have special? Well, maybe. Wiggins, in context, might be special. I know there was a lot. There were a lot of rumblings last week about it just looks more and more as though Daryl Morsell is gone. I know there's been a lot made about the possibility of him ending up at Duke, which is infuriating, but it's, it's what it is, and I can certainly see why it would be appealing now to know that you would be playing on Mike Krzyzewski's final team if that's the case, but it would still make me want to just bang my head into the wall repeatedly if Daryl Morsell leaves to go finish his career at Duke. Um, there have been rumblings all along that Eric Ayala, it never really made much sense that he was 
sticking his toes in the waters because he certainly wasn't going to the NBA, so it made you think this really just was him saying, I don't want to be a college basketball player anymore. I'm ready to just go on whatever the next phase of my life is going to be. So if that's the case, I don't really know why that's going to change. And I'm just being, I don't know why Eric Ayala would have gone through this process to not go. He was never going to end up in the NBA in a million years. He was never going to end up in the NBA. So I have no idea why he decided to go do all of this if he wanted to come back. I guess it can't hurt, right? Like there's there's no world in it can really hurt you to go do it, but that to me screamed of I'm just done being a college basketball player. I want to get paid to play basketball now. Um maybe maybe that's a world where NIL if it gets implemented, it could help, right? And make you say, well, if I can make some money on top of being a college basketball player, I'll come back and do it. The Wiggins one is still interesting to me. The fact that there have been there have been so many rumblings about Aaron Wiggins not getting the feedback that he wanted to get, and that could bring him back to Maryland. I don't know that I've ever really understood that. I'm just sort of being honest about it. I don't know that I've ever really understood that. In fact, most recently, Aaron Wiggins has been at the G League Elite Camp. Um... I don't even know where that is. Charlotte, is that where that is? Down in Charlotte. And has apparently played quite well. And a lot of people think that could lead to him still getting an invite invite to the Combine from there. Um, I don't know where, where that is. I don't know where the G League Elite Camp is. I don't know that it matters to any of you either. Um, so I, 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 again, once these guys start down this process, I never... I, the idea that it's going to so greatly benefit you to come back and play another year of college basketball never really – there are some. I'm not saying there aren't examples of that, but they are fewer. For the most part, guys, once we know who they are, they end up being that guy. Somebody said, well, didn't Emmanuel quickly benefit significantly? Well, not really significantly. He still got drafted. He benefited just being in the NBA where he was able to play. And people were like, oh, wait, this, this guy's good. But he didn't greatly improve his draft stock by sticking around for another year at Kentucky. He played really well. He was SEC Player of the Year, and he still, you know, wasn't a high draft pick. If Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala comes back, it come back. It's definitely helpful. There's no debate about that. It's incredibly helpful to Maryland. I don't fully understand it, and I don't know if it makes them the most talented team. I still I have to see Wahab and Russell play at Maryland. This thing where somebody scored some points or got some rebounds somewhere else, and so we just assume that makes them a great play. I got to see it. I can't pretend like I watched enough Georgetown or Rhode Island basketball to be able to say enough that I think that they're special players. I think they're good players. I think they'll help. I think they're better than the alternative, which was guys getting minutes that you didn't want getting minutes. I still don't know why... I still have no idea why these guys. I don't. I don't understand anymore why these guys return. Look, if again NIL, maybe NIL changes some of that. Maybe if really the NCAA gets their act together the next ten days, allows everyone to start profiting off of NIL, maybe I'll be more understanding of players choosing to return. And you know, part of it was why wouldn't you just go get paid to play basketball for me? But if you can get paid and play basketball, I get that's it's helpful. Jack, how you doing, pal? 
Doing well. Good, good to see you. <laughs> you Appreciate too. it. You can just jump in if you want. We, we have, I have no co-host today, so you can just jump in if you'd like. If you have a thought to share, just by all means. Right. What's going on in your world? Everything good? Everything is great. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. You, people, we should be following, people should be following us on Instagram, correct? At Glenn Clark Radio. At Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. It's really important that you follow us. We're going to start doing, we did a lot of content uh, via stories on Friday. I saw Andrew Stecka on Saturday. He said he was fine. He said he recovered. He said... You know, he had some moments where things were hairy. If you missed it on Friday, Andrew came in here and paid off his bet. It was gross as hell. He uh, consumed, I think the total was 12 normal shots of tuna fish and sardine juice from the bottom of the can, and then two more shots of uh, tuna fish sardine slurry. And it was unpleasant. The smell was unpleasant. I tried the slurry. It was really unpleasant. Um, but he did it. He did all of it. He said he didn't feel great for a while, but he ultimately ended up being okay. Uh, and he was fine by the next day when I saw him again. So that was a good thing. We're going to be doing more content on our Instagram page, at Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. We'll be putting some videos up uh, when shows are over. We'll be going that route, at Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. Whew. Today's show has also been brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Final couple of days for you to take advantage of the seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill that celebrates their 25th anniversary with the smoky thigh wings, with the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the double bacon and cheddar burger, all of it available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to find out more. Jeremy Kahn joins us next. Uh, I saw Jeremy on Saturday. We were doing Malort shots. It was unpleasant. We'll talk to him about whatever we want to talk to him about. I'm not betting with him. I've lost too much in recent weeks. But he apparently went 7-1 and one on Saturday. <sighs> of course he did. Of course he went 7-1 and one on Saturday when I didn't bet with him. That's the way it goes. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Grade Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it. Watch out! Oh, 
For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converged on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit you are out you are listening to glenn clark radio Radio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Really appreciate it. I had a bit of a, a soiree this weekend, um, something that I've been doing for years, and I didn't get to do it last summer, and I missed that, and it was great to see our uh, our next guest. He managed to uh, to wander up, and of course, he brought uh, the Malort with him. And uh, not only did we end up starting the day with shots, we ended up ending the day with shots. And I I will hate him eternally for introducing me to this hell. He is our friend Jeremy Kahn from the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan, and he is with us once again on GCR. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much, man. I appreciate the invite. I had a good time and, and a couple of notes. So not only did I bring the Lord, I also left it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Thank um, you, you a-hole. Because uh, <laughs> I believe the final round of Slip Cup, the decision was made, well, whoever loses, everybody's got to go do shots of Malort. And then that just turned into more shots of Malort and me hating oh. my life so Beautiful. significantly at that point. So go F yourself yeah. for that. So one moment that you may not know about, uh, your younger son came up to me without even knowing me. 
and he shot me with a water gun, <laughs> to which I looked him dead in the eye and said, your brother's your parents' favorite kid. And uh, <laughs> so I hope that's okay. I don't know how he's going to react to that. but Oh, my um, God. <laughs> no, I didn't say it. But it was funny. Like, I was like, wait a minute. You don't even know yeah. me. You just shot me with a water gun in yeah. my face. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, no, it's okay. There, there was a lot of that over the course of the weekend where I had to say, <laughs> dude, stop doing that. Stop it. Stop it. There was a lot of that. But my, a couple of my other favorite things were, like, so I got into, I finally won a, um, a round of Can Jam. Oh. And, and then, uh, but it was the worst. Like it was the longest. You know, I don't know what the longest cricket game ever played was. Oh, I it's know days, what the weeks, can maybe. Jam game ever played was because <laughs> I was in it. Um, I developed the yips midway through the game, and I couldn't throw. I couldn't throw a frisbee. And I'm looking at him and said, can, "Like, can I just practice ten throws in a row? Like, to see what the hell is happening? I couldn't throw it anymore. It was just oh. go off to the right. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Um, but I also during I felt bad during uh, slip cup. Uh, as things went on, because your one buddy's uh, girlfriend, fiance, I don't know who it was, when she slipped and hit her head going down the slide. Oh, yeah, that was that was tough to watch. That was tough yeah, to uh, that was that was yeah, to Bethany, right. And I wanted to get her eliminated from the game because she was on my team because I didn't know if she could slip <laughs> properly. The concussion. So, that is, that is a thing that happened. So, and, and a very nice girl, she uh, she did not gracefully go down the slip and slide. Um <laughs> And and Jeremy, being the competitor that he is, and, and might have had yeah. some money on the event as well, immediately said, well, we should be able to send somebody else in her place, correct? <laughs> like, 100%. let someone else flip the cups instead. I have to deal with regularly having to have my wife on my team, and that's that's yeah. quite the problem for me is she is not – she actually can get down the hill. It's the, the flipping of the cup that becomes really problematic for her. And we end up falling well, two people behind in the process. Yeah, it was the one thing that I was at, like, I was good at it. Like, I was telling you about uh, like Can Jam, like playing some of these yard games, like cornhole, beer pong. Like, I'll play against the best. I don't care. Like, I, I know I can hold my own. And I was telling you, I said I, I'm I'm decent at Can Jam, uh, but watching you guys play consistently, I realized that I'm not decent at Can Jam. Yeah. Or maybe I just don't play enough. I, well, I fell um, apart as the day. I, the more the more consuming I did. The yeah. more difficult, like a lot of people, when they play these games, is like I'm better as I get drunk. I'm the exact opposite. I am. I am. I. I just. I don't care. I only care so much because we're playing can jam to begin with, right? Like we start with that, and I'm not as naturally like you and I've talked about this with kickball before. You'll die on the kickball field. Yeah. Whereas if it requires me to slide. I, I'm good. Like no, just just tag me out. My life is gonna move on. I'm not sacrificing my body over Thursday night recreational kickball. It's just not happening that way. Um, so that the can jam thing is kind of similar for me in that, like at the beginning of the day, I can only take it so seriously to begin with. Then after I've imbibed for a little while, I I'm just having like conversations with people, and somebody's like, "Hey, dude, it's your turn again." I'm like, oh yeah, what's the score? You know, like I, I just I zone out. And so we didn't we made a run to the championship match, but then we got swept in, in three sets in the championship match. Oh. And we it was a it was a disaster at that point. It was Brutal. a it was a rough day. Um I did so I, I wanna handle this with you because this becomes more broad. Um who is who's the person in your life that like is your friend or your family member or somebody like that? But was like really excited about meeting Scott Garceau, and or really excited about meeting Ed Norris or somebody, something like that. Where like you're like, hey, do you do you care about me? You know, I'm 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 yeah. a guy too. Who's 
What's what's your story of something like that? Well, the, the weird thing is, like, so I have a bunch of people that wanted to meet Ed when I first started working. Sure. Uh, like, in my family. Like, my brother's a big hunter, and he was like, let him know. I'll take him hunting, and I'll do this and that. And my, my brother would tell me that with a lot of people as far as athletes go. Like, let them know. Because they, they are. They, they live and breathe your, your business. So they rub it all over themselves, and they go out and sit in a tree for eight hours just to see nothing. And it right. Out, it was a good day for them. Right. Correct. That's what they live um, for. That's a great point. Yeah. Oh, it's just this is amazing. What best day ever. And I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's... I said, if you guys want, you can, you can keep my place in line at the amusement park <laughs> and then I'll run to the front. And if you like go, just waiting around, for I'll nothing, go get a funnel cake. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I did have one, like, it was weird because like some of my, not necessarily my inner circle, but people that I know love Scott. And the weird thing was like Scott's friends all wanted to meet me, which just seemed yeah. like really weird. Like, I'm white trash. Like, why would you want to hang out with me? Like, you pay me to mow your lawn or something. You know, like, but, uh, yeah, he's... But, so we did have that aspect of it that was kind of funny and cool. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've seen that firsthand with a lot of people. So I, I, I did. Oh, I did have that. I had that moment. And and by the way, I I do understand this too. And I I think what you're referring to is more like the, I know you, you, you can't be special to me. Like I grew up with you, you know what I mean? My, 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 my lifelong best friend would talk about this all the time. Like we'd be out somewhere and somebody would come up like, uh, Hey, are you Glenn Clark? Right. And he'd be like, dude, what the, are you kidding? You're, you're nobody. Like you're, you know, what is that? And I get it. Like when you grow up with someone, when they're truly close to you, you almost could never feel that way about them, right? Like it's it's impossible. Yeah. No matter even if they're actually like important, not not me, not even you, not like even even if they had them being Bruno Mars. Like if you grew up with them, you you kind of maybe can never see past that. Like you're just the dude that I grew up with. That's all you really are. Um, but I did my cousin on Sunday or on Saturday. I watched it in his face when he realized it was you, like. And this is a cousin that's like 13 years older than me. I always looked up to growing up, right? Like, you know, it's almost like a aren't you proud of me dad situation. And it, to be fair to him, he's been a listener for a long time. He would chime in. He does. He has been a supporter of what I've done. I'm not mad at him. But my God, the joy on his face when he walked up, he's like, is, is, is that Jeremy? And I'm like, oh, all right, oh, all right, dude. I talked to him for quite a while, too, right? Because oh. I went to high school with um, his his wife or, or I, I oh okay I that makes sense that his, makes sense yeah sure his wife's brother and then she was a year like behind when i graduated I okay okay um, that so makes I sense knew her brother his brother-in-law really well so yeah dude he was so he was so overjoyed it made his day that he that That's you awesome. were there it was so fun i'm like hey man you know i'm cool too like i've got i've got great qualities people seem to like me a little well not many um, but i had a little <laughs> bit of that going on i had a little bit of that yeah he no, he's a nice guy. Like we, we chatted for a little bit about a bunch of stuff. I was making inappropriate jokes, like I always do. Yes, you, out the room. Ne- de- definitely nailed it. There was a, there was an awkward part where uh, uh, I, I'm just, Jeremy alluded that he was going to, um, you know, I'm just going to leave it alone. I take it back. I'm just going to leave it alone. Oh, go ahead, run with it. It was funny. I think is this about your cousin? Yeah, this is about my cousin. Yeah. So I have a cousin, and she's she's about twenty, I think. And at one point I said, uh, Jeremy, her, her boyfriend is her cam jam, cam jam partner, but her boyfriend's not here yet. So I'm going to need yeah, you. said, I need you to stand in for him. Yeah, I need I'm you like, to stand oh. in for her boyfriend. And Jeremy said, like, uh, okay. Does that include everything? <laughs> like, what's, what's off the table here? You so if bitch. I'm going to be your boyfriend, I need to know what's yeah, off right. the table. Let me know the rules. Very what, inappropriate. What a very inappropriate. It's fine. It's fine. I certainly did not care one bit. It was great and to that's have. When, so just, just to piggyback off of that story, Glenn, is that you were telling – 
uh, that if someone doesn't score a point during Can Jam, they have to run the naked. That's mile, true. Right? Yes, I did say that, and then I said, but then I said to my cousin, "No, you won't have to do that." And Jeremy said, "No, you will." Yeah, 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 we're gonna hold hands and enjoy this together. So, uh, uh, but but the funny thing about that was, I immediately told Glenn, I said, "You don't have to worry about that because there's no chance that we don't score zero points." And Glenn threw it in the. Front I did. The I did cylinder. on the second throw. I threw a kill shot. I threw a kill shot on the second throw. <laughs> I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah, that That's did unfair. happen. Should have saved that for a little bit later on in the day. Should not have <laughs> wasted it when I did. Uh, great uh, to have you. We had a great day. Um, it was great. My buddy, uh, my buddy AJ Francis came up from Orlando. Of course, top dollar from WWE. Uh, it was great to have him there. He dominated Slip Cup because he's the largest man you'll ever see in your life. Um, yeah, I thought I was moving really well down the hill, and I was until I saw AJ go. Yeah. Going, Good God, a so, man set in motion will stay in motion until <laughs> he runs into the fence. And he's so. so smooth, too. Like, that's the thing. It's like one thing for a guy to be that big. He, of course, is also an athlete, right? Like, played five years yeah. in the NFL and now is a WWE wrestler. And, like, he's so smooth and, like, hopping to his knees and then hopping up to get off. Like, it's all in one motion. You're like, how? How does a human body do that? Mine does not. It's not – it is not possible. Do you have uh, – how bruised are you? And I don't mean um, from oh. from the th- you know, what you said to your wife and then she needed to take care of some things <laughs> afterward. I mean – No, the, the, the funny thing was and, – and, look, anybody that's listening to me knows I have – an incredibly bad back. I played through. I actually gave up basketball three years ago, which was my, my favorite thing to do was playing basketball more so than anything else in the world. Um, and then then I fell in love. Like I've been playing flag football for over twenty years and kickball. And then I had to have a heart to heart with my wife. And I actually told my flag football teams I was giving it up because you know I got an MRI result and I got I ha, I've been having to have back surgery for like ten years. I put it off and just dealt with the pain. So I'm getting worse and worse and worse, and it's getting to that point where I finally have to bite the bullet. So I was thinking about, you know, possibly doing it this summer or towards the end of the year. And um, so I didn't put two and two together. I'm like, oh, it's slip and slide and flip up. Yeah, yeah. me, I'm like belly flopping and diving as fast and as hard as I can. Yeah. And then when I started driving home, I'm going, who hit me with a baseball bat? (laughs) What is going on? And then I finally put two and two together. And ironically, because I never play can jam, I told you I was in the longest can jam game ever, so I'm pretty sure I threw a frisbee about a thousand times more than even the guys that went to the championship. That's funny. It was the ugliest game ever. My bicep is killing me, man. Like, <laughs> it's I'm like, not what a good I sign. Though. And I realized it's not, a frisbee. Not a great sign. It's not a great <laughs> yeah. sign, bro. It's not. No. Not a great sign of where we are in life. I seriously, I feel like Private Pile from Full Metal Jack, and everybody just beat the crap out of me with soap at the end of tube socks. Dude, it it was it was great to have you out, man. I'm really glad you came. It's one of my favorite days of the year. We had a wonderful time, and appreciate you. I'm hoping I can make many more, man. Yeah, man. No doubt, it was fun. All right, um, a couple things for you. There's four teams left. Who the f is winning the NBA title? Well, I mean, I'd be willing to bet on. Like, I like Phoenix and Milwaukee to get there. I know that's easier said than right. Phoenix is up 1-0. Milwaukee is a much better team than Atlanta, but they're playing great basketball. Um, and, you know, the Sixers did – not that I want to take anything away from the Hawks, and I know people in Atlanta would be upset, but the Sixers did everything just as much to lose that. Oh, as the there's Hawks no doubt. Win it, there's no know? doubt. Um, but I was telling uh, – I said this earlier. I said, I, you know, my, my favorite player in the league that's not on my team that – I think is the most underrated player in the league period is Drew Holiday. My wife, my wife loves Giannis. She watches the NBA with me. She loves Giannis. So I'll be pulling for Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. And I and I, I told you last week and probably weeks leading up to it, I would love to see Chris Paul win one. And um, so I would I would love to see the Suns get there. Now if they both get there, I feel like 
not that it's a win-win for me because I'm a Mavericks fan, but like those are the two teams where I would like, that would be the most positive thing for me. Um, those two teams getting there and then obviously one has to win. So I wouldn't care at that point who it was, but that's who I would bet on personally. I'm, I'm, it's I'm crazy. Everything's been flipped upside down. It's such, it's so upside down. And what I'm really struggling with is what if, what if Kawhi comes back, right? Like what, what if he actually comes back and plays, then aren't the Clippers the best team again? And I'm not Kenny, like, is it an ACL tear? That's what, that's what we thought it was, but everybody keeps making it seem like there's a chance he could play again. It's the weirdest bit, yeah. man. I don't understand. I thought he was done. I thought it was over. I thought it was done. Maybe he went from not being able to play in back-to-back games to not being able to play in back-to-back series. That might Maybe be. That might, he needs to take a series off, off right? It's yeah. such a weird bit, man. It is yeah. so bloody strange. Um, it's exciting for me because I'm a Suns fan. I I don't I don't think they could beat the Bucks without Chris Paul. Like that's a that's a big issue. But it's not as if the Bucks. You know, three days or four days ago, we thought the Bucks were done, right? Like we didn't think that they were. They were. I I am so torn on how this is going to play out. And I'm with you that I think it's going to be the Suns and the Bucks. But man, I don't know. I am. This is this is completely well. And kind of we we knew we were getting into that because. The, the short turnaround and everybody dealing with injury and then, like, the, the COVID thing that we didn't know was going to happen with Chris Paul. Like, we knew there was going to be some kind of insanity to this. I don't think we knew it was going to be this much. Like, this is yeah. this is another level to the insanity of what we're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, this could be – it might be the NBA's nightmare because he, you look at, like, the teams that are left. Um, ironically, I think you'd like the Clippers to get there for the L.A. market. But, I mean, you've got Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Atlanta – um, you know, outside of Milwaukee and what, 71 when they won, uh, it, you know, you've got all these teams that have never won and Atlanta, technically, if you want to go back to when you know, the team moved from here to here, from this city to that city, Atlanta won in like 51 or something, or the Hawks franchise won in 51. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, these are teams that haven't been there. And for the most part, it's smaller markets. And and that's cool, right? And that's a that's a really cool I like thing. It, but I'm I sure agree. The NBA does. No, I know it's a bummer for them. There's no plus they're playing it in July to begin. You know, like they're playing the NBA finals in July when everybody's on vacation, and it's going to be a yeah. bunch of small market teams. It's tough. Um, uh, so I, I, I wrote today about Cedric Mullins and the All Star game and this whole thing, and I and I feel like I feel like Orioles fans are going to lose their minds if Cedric Mullins isn't an All Star, and it's a weird spot for me because I think he should be, of course. But I think baseball is going to prioritize Trey Mancini being an all-star this year. And I'm okay with that, right? I, I want that, frankly. And if they do, I think there's a chance just because the Orioles are really bad and there's only so many roster spots to be given out and Detroit's got to get a representative too, I don't know that it's a certainty or a lock that Cedric Mullins, who is by 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 you know according to war the second best position player in all of baseball yeah he should be starting the all-star correct by, I just, by definition of what an all-star correct is. i just don't know that it's a lock that he's going to be an all-star and well, i'm not i'm not up in arms about that necessarily so the one thing that makes it easier i, I mean i want to see him there and then frankly I, i've said this multiple times i do think he should be starting the three top vote getters are you know, Mike Trout, who's been out forever, I get it. Uh, Aaron Judge, who missed an extended period of time, I get it. And Byron Buxton, who just now came right. back for the Twins this right. weekend. Again, I get people voting for all of those guys. If we're just going to make it a popularity contest, great. But let's be honest, like some of these guys do have bonuses built in. And it, and it, and it kind of becomes like Cedric Mullins wins a gold glove this year. 
then he's in the conversation every year. You know, that's yep. you, once you're invited to the party, you always have that invite that's kind of open. It's a little bit different. It's getting your first one that's tough. The one thing I'll say is that the Orioles can get up to two All Stars, whether you think they deserve it or not. There's clearly three guys that we should have been talking about with Mancini and Mullins. It was Means, and the fact that Means is hurt, um, I think that probably will take him out of the equation since he's not even talking about coming back until after the All Star break. Yep. But but you know, like it's easier for the manager to grab a starting pitcher from a bad team and throw him in the bullpen or he's at the back end if you need him and all those things. Like it's easier to put those guys on the team rather than position players, depending on how the voting goes. Um, so I, I still think Mullins gets in and I want to see Mancini get there. Like, you know, I ultimately so deserving of, of being there with the numbers. They're both putting up great numbers and deserve to be there. So um, if Mullins doesn't get in, I'm not going to be, look, I, we've seen it happen before. Like even when Mancini didn't get in and John means did. Right. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but I like, ultimately I'm the same way you are. I just think fans get upset over a lot of the things that it's, it's the minutia of the game. Like ultimately how much does it matter? I feel bad for said, because I think he should be there. Oh, and I, but, um, right. And I, and by the way, and also the number of injuries, it might end up being that like just enough guys get hurt that even if he doesn't get chosen at first, he ends up making the all-star team anyway. Right. Like it could end up being yeah. that, or he and could be he in, that, in that extra vote. You yeah. know, when they do that and they add the other, like he would, he would win that going away with it, no matter who was on that list. I think. It's so. interesting. I'd have to see who else is on the list, right? Like, there's, I, 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 it's tough. It's just tough to galvanize a fan base when the team's not very good, right? Like, it's tough no, to get and, everybody. And I get that. I get that too, Glenn. But the only reason I say that is that with the numbers he's putting up. Oh, I mean, he's definitely I the most deserving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. There's no question about that part of it, right? And then again, to me, my my primary. I want to see Trey Mancini at the All-Star game. Selfishly, I know you you and Trey are obviously very close and like I mm-hmm. I like Trey a great deal, but it's more that I, he deserves that for for not just beating cancer, but for his career, right? Like he deserves to have already been an All-Star. He should be an All-Star. It's more important to me to see Trey Mancini be an All-Star this year. And I don't think like but they literally do a stand up to cancer thing at the All-Star game. I think they're going to make sure Trey Mancini's an All-Star this year. I'm, I, I I think they're going to make certain that he ends up being an all-star. It's more important to me. I, I get it. Cedric Mullins is deserving. But if he has to wait a year and he's this player for some time, he's going to have plenty of chances. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's not going to be the end of the world to me if that's the case. Where do you stand on him being traded? I mean, what do you – I, I don't see – I don't – you know, Jeremy, like, it's funny. I, 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 we talk about these things all the time. When I had the John Means conversation, people were furious at me that I said – I think I think that would be a possibility, and I was like, "Well, I'm talking about something very specific, which is there could be a team that says we're giving up a lot to go get John Means, and if you're not signing him right now, if you're not buying him out of the arbitration years, and you got a chance to get a haul to get a an organization changing package for John Means, I'm doing it. Of course, I'm doing that, right? Like it." it I'm doing. And by the way, there's no guarantees on the way. Set. Like I'm not saying trade any and, of these and, guys. And first and off. and but this is the interesting. I just don't see anybody being willing to do that with Cedric Mullins, right? Like it's still, yeah. you're only talking about a track record of a few months. And not to say that I think that it's. I'm not telling you I don't think Cedric Mullins is this baseball player. I think it's tougher for other teams around the league to assume that he's this guy, right? Versus, but, but baseball has more variance than any other sport, right? Like we could see a guy have this amazing yep. career year, and the next year, like 
can anybody explain what happened to Chris Davis? Like, like no, to that degree, no, that you, quickly? I think a lot of people could have said, I never thought that he was going to be, you know, a, a, the guy that he was every year for the next 10. It's one thing to say, I, I didn't want to give him the contract. It's another thing to think that nobody saw this happening. Nobody yeah. saw him. You, know, you could have said that his batting average would have dropped to like 220 right. or 230. And right. And then the next Adam Dunn, I did listen to you. But the fact that he, he can't hit a baseball period. Like, you know, yep. he's just consistently getting out and strikes out at a record rate. No, I don't think anybody would have said no. that this would be the outcome. But that's the thing. Like, that's why I said, you know, any trades you listen to and then you weigh them. Um, and means as a guy, like, if, if they're not going to be competitive for two more years, you have to ask yourself, are you going to make this? It's kind of like what with the conversation we even had with, with Julio Jones. Because I was saying, you know, I'm all for the trade, depending on what you have to give up, if they'd have made that move. But let's say Hollywood Brown was involved in it, and some people are like, you can't give up on him. Well, my whole thing is, in two years, do you think you're signing him after signing right, Lamar right. and Mark Andrews and right. whoever else? Like, do you have the money? Because if you don't, then maybe you try to go at this window Maximize. that you have, yep. this small window now, as hard as you can. No, and I get that entirely. I, I just I feel differently about Mullins than I do. I, I think Mullins, it's easier for me to say, you're not the, – the offers you're going to get are not going to be overwhelming. They're not going to be franchise-changing, Right. And so if you can't get franchise changing, why not figure out if he's this guy? You know, like why not stick around and see if, if that's the point? Now the problem is at some point, and this to me is the big one, Jeremy, they gotta start signing guys at some point. And yeah. that should involve I, this is still an organization that has never really bought anyone out of arbitration years. Ever. They have signed guys when they were in their final year, right? They did that with Adam Jones, obviously. They did that with I guess maybe Marcakis they might have bought out of one. I got to do that math again. When they signed Robertson Marcakis, maybe Marcakis had one arbitration year left, but it was he was about to become a free agent when they signed him too. This thing where yeah. you get aggressive, they still haven't done it all. And at some point as an organization, they got to decide if they're going to be that team. And if they're not, I, I don't know. If, the thing where you just wait around to sign somebody makes no sense to me. Like, if you think you've got that guy, buy him out, extend your window, let's go. I, that's the part of this plan that I still need to see, which is are you going to be the team that once you identify someone has worked, you will be aggressive in making sure you keep them around to extend your content window of contention. I get why, like, right now, the team's no good. They don't want to spend any money. I understand that. But... Guys like John Means, guys like Cedric Mullins, if you really find those pieces, are you going to do the things necessary in order to keep them around? And buying out arbitration years seems like such an easy thing for a franchise to do to say, we're not committing, this isn't about $300 million. This is about making sure they don't walk away in three years. And there is a good in-between, and it benefits the player, and they don't do it, and that's, that's the next thing I need to see. Yeah, I mean, part of me, like, from a selfish standpoint, and who knows what Trey wants, I'd rather see them hold on and actually pay the guy. And right. Let him be the, you know, that, that vet on this team and a guy that you'd like to have around, the devil you know and as opposed to the devil you don't. And, again, we'll have to see what type of money they're going to spend. And I don't think – I think Trey's a really, really good player that's not going to cost you as much as, like, some of the other really good players in the league. Um, I just don't think – I think he's a guy that's never going to get the credit he deserves for being – you know, routinely, a guy that's going to hit 30 home runs right around there and, and bat you at 270, 280, or maybe even higher. Who knows? I, I, just, I just think he's a really good player, and, you know, they're not going to be competitive for two years, which you're going, okay, well, where's Trey going to be at in this career? So well, maybe you are paying him now a little bit ahead of time, but I think he's more important to this club 
Yes. Um, in this city than he is anywhere else. I've, Maybe that's me being selfish, but no. But I've felt I the same. I've never been in the you got to trade Trey Mancini. Look, you know, again, if for whatever reason there was some team that was willing to give up way more for Trey Mancini than we've seen any team give up for a player like this, I, I I'd have you know, I'm not telling you I, I couldn't listen to that, but I've always sensed that's not going to be the case, and he is more valuable here than he is anywhere else, and so I've yeah, I've I've lined up. John Means is the only one that was unique to me where I looked at it and said. I get why you guys are saying, isn't the point of a rebuild to find your John Means? I don't disagree with that. But if you're not buying him out of his arbitration years, if you're allowing him to, to, to work towards being a free agent at 31, I don't have great confidence that, that it even is a great idea to sign a pitcher to big money when he's, when he's 31 yeah. years old. So if you're not doing that, I, I'm not super confident that you're competing to win a World Series in the next three years. And if there's a team that so badly needs pitching, they're willing to give you a ton for it, Let's talk about it. It looks less and less likely, obviously, that that's going to be the case um, because of him being out for a little while now. So we'll see. Uh, I hear you had a nice day on Saturday betting-wise. Oh, God. So as good as I was Saturday, I was equally terrible. Oh, really? It all went away? Uh, Dude, yeah, yeah. So 7-1 and on Saturday, and I was getting all these texts. So I left your house, and I had a friend's 40th birthday, and my phone's blowing up. And then it's nice to hear this stuff because when you're doing crappy, trust me, people let you know. Yeah. But when you're when you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're winning games and, and people are tailing, like I got a text from somebody that says, dude, I just won six grand. I'm taking you out for drinks and, and dinner. It's on me. <laughs> we'll pick wherever you want to go. That's awesome. Got another text from a guy that's been tailing and he follows on Twitter and um, he sent me a message that, you know, and I, and I kind of had like a, a treading water all week. I was, oh, I'm five and four. Oh, I hit my top play, and now I'm four and five, and I missed my top. You know, like kind of like that. It was nothing special. Probably didn't ruin your week if, if you were tailing me the whole week. Uh, and then, then on Sunday, well, that guy was, he, as he was telling me, he was telling me, and he said I was down, uh, I think he was down like 1,800 going into Saturday, and he bet all my baseball plays. And then I'm assuming he followed on my NBA play because it was one of my favorite plays that night with the Bucks. And, um, he uh, he he went. He was down like whatever it was a couple thousand, like two thousand dollars or something, and then he was all the way up, like quite a few grand, which was really cool to see. Like he showed me his timeline. That's and cool. That's cool. Because he, he won like four thousand and something on Saturday with the bets. That's before the NBA game. Um, so I I love seeing that. And then Sunday, like I'm I'm not a as much as I if I'm bragging about anything, usually I'm joking about it. So I'm not. I know this is a long, uh, you know, a, a long season. So I'm like, yeah, I went seven and one, feels good. Let's go win again today. And then I went two and six and got my ah, all my top plays. Just everything went awry. And I'll tell you this because I know we're getting to this segment. I hate everything today. Okay. I don't like. There's so sometimes it's about, and I'm gonna write my article and I'll have a couple games and I have leans on. Like I like Texas a little bit. Um, what was the other? Uh, I kind of like the Dodgers tonight. These are virtually pick 'em games. The under in the NHL matchup, but again, nothing that really I I feel strongly about. Where I would tell people, hey, go bet your money, because if I'm not gonna bet a lot of money myself, then I'm not gonna tell people to do it. I bet all my picks, so it's not when. Trust me, I'm not one of these guys. When when you lose, you lose. No, when you lose, I also yeah lose. yeah I get that. So, well, this um, this, and this I know, avoids like, the past th- couple weeks on here we've missed. Yep, and so, that I was gonna say this avoids the awkward conversation where I say, Jeremy, I, I can't bet with you again. This I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see? I, I was I, gonna say, the, I'll text you tomorrow, but I like, and you're saying uh, no, 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 no. You can do that. Well, I I actually did that. I did that bit last week where I chased after we lost on Monday. I saw that you had a max bet that you had thrown out on oh, Tuesday, God. and I. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I lost on God. that Don't one as well. Started, I, I have Did made. Did you watch that game? Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch that. Wait, remind me which game it was. Hang on a second. So the the max bet that was that was the Dodgers. Um, uh, was it? Yeah. 
and it was it was it, the number was the number was eight and a half, and it ended up being five three, right? Yeah. So I when I gave it out in the morning, it was at nine. It went to eight and a half, which was even better. So hopefully people bet it late, as I always tell them, like you know, just follow the the money and see what's going on. And the win was perfect. So before that game, um, the Dodgers they they sat Bellinger another day because he was banged up. Muncie was out. Somebody else sat, and I can't remember who it was, but like everything we wanted, but. Second and third, one out, don't get a run in. Ugh. First and second, no outs, double play, strikeout. You know, like, it just it kept happening. There were double plays in huge instances that were just rally killers. And then there were a couple instances, too, where they had a chance to get to the starting pitcher. I think the bases were loaded in the first, and they came away with one or zero runs. And I'm like, yeah, get, get the pitcher on the ropes, get to the bullpen, and have some fun because the wind was blowing out. It was hot weather. So it was great hitting conditions, and I just love, love, love the play. And it finished at eight, and I was so irritated. And there's nothing worse when you're so confident in the play, and then you have to come back and face the music. So guys that are selling their picks, they just have to go back to their clients. Like I have to go back to everyone that right, right. the plays. Like, right. hey, Jackass, remember right. when you said you like this? Yeah, Max so. Bet, huh? Max Bet. Yeah, I uh, I made a little bit yeah. back. I made a little bit back betting on soccer as the week went on. So I'm 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 okay. But I, uh, it, I could probably use the week off anyway. I could probably I, use the week I, off. I thought Glenn was going to, after that, and, and now knowing this, I thought there would have been a like a Forrest Gump seat taken when I tried to you pull into the your house. Ropes, no doubt, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bad week. No, as you know. Yeah, pulling a pond. A pond be good for you. Why don't you head down to <laughs> the neighbor's house? So. Oh, man. All right, picks coming today at PressBoxOnline.com, of course. And uh, what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show? Yeah, so Rob comes back tomorrow. Today was just Ed and I, and of course, you know we're we'll be uh, getting ready for the All Star break. Lots of you know, summertime, so guys will be going on vacation, yeah. and I'm sure. So Rob and I started playing this game on Friday night called Your People, which I'm sure you can see, yeah <laughs> figure out what I it's imagine. about. Yeah, yeah. So Rob explained to me. He said, "Hey, you, uh, he said we brought this up and started talking about it." And he goes, you, "You see your people out there, right?" <laughs> and there was a bunch of white people dancing, and Rob had pointed out that they were dancing to the lyrics of the song and not the oh, music. Yeah. So yeah. their we... arms would move with the lyrics. And I could not stop laughing at it because he was so accurate. Like, people punching at the end of the list. 100%. It's what we do. And, it, oh, and it was so brutal. And then I said to him, he said, so you lose 200 points for your people. And I, and I said, Rob, how many other black people are here? And he goes, I said, find one for me. He points a guy out. He goes, see, there's another black guy here. And I said, that guy works here, Rob. You're the token tonight. You lose 20 points. So we, we were having some fun with that, and I'm sure that'll continue and be very controversial as we're making fun of each other's races. Oh, yeah. I, no, you know, every, that always goes well. Everybody really, you know, there's a, there's a lot of nuance <laughs> involved in those conversations. And, and All the it's, stereotypes, sir. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, God. All right. At Jeremy Con 105.7 on Twitter is how you follow him. The Big Bad Morning Show every week. And, of course, picks every day, pressboxonline.com. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Thanks, man. See, see you, buddy. Man. It's Jeremy Kahn. He joins us every Monday here on GCR. Always appreciate him taking the time for us. Um, I'm uh, Jack, I'm just going to be honest with you because I think you're in charge. Uh, that's the way it works. I'm way behind. I'm way behind on reads. I forgot to change the, uh, the Facebook sponsors. So um, I'm, I'm going to apologize to you because I don't know who else to apologize to. I'm sure you were really mad. You're going to start yelling at me about it. I have really screwed up today in getting all that taken care of while I'm also trying to host the show because uh, Kyle never showed up. I, I'm, I, I know what's going on. He's got a car thing. Not ideal. Not an ideal circumstance for us. Uh, today's show has also been brought to you by Sports and Social MD. 
which is the place to be down at Live Casino and Hotel. Oh, is it ever the place to be? I have been. It is such an awesome place to go for a fight, for whatever event it is, just to spend a Saturday night. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champ, Conor McGregor, and get that ringside feeling with the state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, a 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, an extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets are now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. From, sorry, again, I'm doing six things at once. From Dan. Dan says, uh, Glenn, you and Jeremy talking about Cedric Mullins is interesting. I certainly would be upset if he didn't make the All-Star game because I feel it should be the best players. I read your column. My column is up, by the way, pressboxonline.com. I read your column, and I understand what you're saying about it being a TV show, but I do feel as though that's part of the reason why Cedric Mullins should be there. For as good as Trey Mancini's story is, isn't Cedric Mullins' story the type that could also get people to tune in and watch? Isn't that a better option than giving some guy from the Red Sox his fifth All-Star appearance? Uh, It's tricky. I referenced that in the column, by the way. I said, I think Cedric Mullins' story is cool, too. And as we talked about with Jeff Arnold earlier, for the Fox broadcast to bring up, I mean, this guy literally wasn't, like, he had been sent down. He was down at Bowie two seasons ago. He'd come up to the major leagues, found some success, sent back down to Bowie. It got so bad. As you know, guys that are major leaguers, typically when they go down, go back down to AAA. He got sent all the way down to AA. That's how bad it got for Cedric Mullins. It is a great story. It's a very cool story. He's just not... He's not a commodity yet to the point where people know... If he makes it, they'll definitely play up that story. I don't think it's enough to say... On Major League Baseball's front, we got to make sure this guy makes it because we need to tell that story to a national audience. Trey Mancini's story, far different. Far different. It's you, Even if you don't know who Trey Mancini is, he's one, a more prominent baseball player to begin with. Two, even if you don't know, telling someone this is a cancer survivor immediately makes them more massive, uh, massively appealing to audiences that don't know about him either. So it, it, there's no comparison between those two stories. I think they should both go. I think it'd be cool. I just can't promise you that they will. There's also the chance that a bunch of guys get hurt, and, and they do, you know what I mean? Like They just all end up making it. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley are going to do a special show with Aberdeen Ironbirds general manager Jack Graham. Of course, they are now the full-season high A-level affiliate for the Baltimore Orioles. They'll be talking about that tonight on Facebook Live. And if you missed it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, you'll be able to watch it tomorrow at PressBoxOnline.com. Stan shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Tidbit would normally be here, but Kyle's not here to do it. So if we had a tidbit, it would be brought to you by the BMW Championship. Give the gift of golf this Father's Day. Tickets to the 2021 BMW Championship here in Baltimore are available now at BMWChampionship.com. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at BMWChampionship.com. 
I do have tubular. I've got that. I prepared it, so I've got it. Swell. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. Totally tubular is brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox. Jack, do me a favor. Hold up that. Uh, hold, hold this up for the camera if you don't mind. That's the new print issue. That's your your camera right there. Uh, that's a new print issue of Pressbox. It's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Talia Tungavailoa is on the cover. Quarterback at the University of Michigan. Hey, look at that. Jack, you make a fine Vanna White, pal. You're just as lovely. Um, uh, you can go pick that up right now. Great read about him, about the opportunity that Maryland has with him under center to maybe take a step forward towards prominence in the Big Ten. We will see, but you can read about it right now in the new print issue of Press Box. Go pick that up today. Uh, here's what's going on. Totally tubular. The Orioles, indeed, go right back to work. No basketball tonight, which is a bummer. I don't know how that worked. I don't know why they wouldn't have staggered that a little bit more. Like, Did they need to play game one of the Western Conference Final? I guess yeah, a ABC probably demanded it. Um, it would have been nice to have maybe had one basketball game yesterday and then one tonight, but no basketball tonight. Orioles do open up a series with the Houston Astros. Keegan Aiken is on the mound against Jake Odorizzi, 7 o'clock on Masson, and it'll also be joined in progress on MLB Network and the rest of the country. MLB Network has Braves Mets at 5. Right now, North Macedonia and the Netherlands in the Euro, that's actually on, is that on ESPN or ESPN2? I guess it's on ESPN2. Uh... Or maybe that one's on ESPN. And then the ESPN2 is Ukraine and Austria. Later on today, Russia and Denmark at 3 on ESPN. And on ESPN2, Finland and Belgium. As these are the final games of the group stage. So they play them at the same time. So you don't know what happened in the other game. And you, you can't decide. Oh, I'm not going to try. College World Series continues tonight. Uh, our guy Jose Torres from Calvert Hall. NC State got a win in their first game. They play again tonight uh, against Vanderbilt. 7 o'clock on ESPN. ESPN also has Dodgers Padres at 10. ESPNU for Stanford, Arizona in the College World Series today at 2. FS1, Copa America, Uruguay, and Chile at 5. Argentina and Paraguay at 8. NBCSN, Islanders Lightning game 5 tonight at 8. NBC for coverage of the Olympic track and field trials at 8. It begins at 7 on NBCSN. And the USA Network tonight for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Jack, do you want to break down a WWE Hell in a Cell from last night? I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley that you want to share. I unfortunately do not. Oh, you got it. You got it. This is where Kyle tries to do a joke when I leave that. You got to tons. Give me any. All right, never mind. I tried. <laughs> I tried my best. All right, Tubular was also brought to you today by Window Nation. Incredible offer that they have for you at Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years, 24 months, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. I think we're good. I think that's it. I think we're wrapped up for the day, as much as I was able to pull it off, given the circumstances. Um, don't forget Tucker Fest this Sunday. Jeremy Kahn, who was just with us, will be in the dunk tank. You can meet Justin Tucker, get your meet and greet passes, great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Live music throughout the day. It's this Sunday at Jerry's Toyota. Look forward to seeing you there for Tucker Fest. And one more shout-out. I'm sorry. I know I'm backloading reads. This is what happens when you're in here by yourself. No offense, Jack. In here by yourself. 
Um, C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Thanks today to Jeremy Kahn. Thanks also to, um, oh, God, who joined us today? Jeff Arnold and Kyle Harrison. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section. Do you know how to do this part? Do you know what to say here, Jack? No, but. you got You got to be paying attention, man. Oh, Duke, Duke sucks? No, uh, I do that. Oh. This is when <laughs> I say it goes in the greatest hit section, and you, you say, Archives. All right, so let's practice. Okay. Once. If you missed any of that, you can hear it a little bit later on. We'll get it up in the greatest hit section of the Archives. All right, not bad. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. <laughs> Coming up on the program tomorrow, um, you know, I, I know, I think there are some other things that we are working on, but I know we're going to be joined. This is really cool. Um, Justin Hare was Cedric Mullins' college coach at Campbell University. When he went from a guy that couldn't get a scholarship out of high school, had to go try his luck at a two-year program, Justin Hare at Campbell University probably takes all the credit in the world for Cedric Mullins and his success. So we're going to talk to him tomorrow and stuff and things. I genuinely don't know because my, my producer's not here. I don't know what's on the program tomorrow. But we'll look forward to it then. <sighs> Have a great Monday night. Uh, thanks, thanks to our great sponsors and partners. I'm falling apart, man. I'm falling apart here at the end. Thanks to the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grow, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Young Jack. He wants you to follow us on Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, follow Kyle, I guess, at Kay Ottenheimer. He's a sad, lonely man. Follow us on in Twitter as well, at Glenn Clark Radio there, too. Have a great Monday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.